Hello. I'm still in my pajamas. I'm having a great morning. How are you? I am too. I'm good. Tell me about your great morning. I slept until nine. I just finished making breakfast. I've got my coffee. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. How are you? How was your week? Exhausting. What time zone are you in right now I mentally? Think, I think I'm in West Coast time zone and only because, and it was like the most LA bullshit. I was like, you fucking kidding me. So I, I parked at LAX, um, got in my car, not even two minutes onto the 105, I get rear-ended. I was like, cool, <gasps> fucking dope. I love LA. So I like pull over and I wasn't like shocked or anything. I was just annoyed. I was like, I just want to get to my Airbnb and like take my pants off. Like, why am I doing this right now? And I pull over mm-hmm. and the guy gets out and he just seems super nervous. And I like looked at him. I was like, are you okay? And he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Are you okay? And I was like, I'm fine. And he was like, I don't see any damage on your car. And I look at it and I was like, she's 10 years old. Like, I don't really give a shit. Like I, that's just part ways. Like it's fine. Just be careful. People are going to, cause I, I did, I mean, he shouldn't have been on my ass, but part of it was <clears throat> the car in front of me stopped really hard. Cause it's LA. Like everybody's writing everybody's mm-hmm. dick. So I stopped really hard. Still had enough space though, that I didn't rear end them when he hit me, but he hit me and I was just like, ah, there's like no damage. I feel fine. I'll probably be a little bit sore because I had like a little like baby whiplash, but I was just like, mm-hmm. what's up, LA, you dirty bitch? Like, I <laughs> just felt like it was like, oh, I heard you every time you said, oh my God, I love New York. New York's so great. I love this city. Like, fuck you. Welcome home, you asshole. So it felt like a, a good way to knock yourself back onto the West Coast. Really I, I feel like in California, I can't speak to the other parts of the world, but in California, there's almost like a lawlessness during the time of this pandemic. It's almost like people are so over the pandemic and then also kind of challenging fate with the pandemic and so getting on the road (laughs) is one of the most traumatizing experiences because people just do not care anymore and I was thinking about it as you were going to the east coast and I was like if the highways are this full of lawlessness I can only imagine what the airports are like considering they are a place of lawlessness every other time (laughs) so how was that for you? You know what? I was pretty surprised at the airports. Um, I, so flying out there, I flew out on a Monday, like early, mo- not super early. I think my flight was at like almost nine. Um, Cause I was like, Sean, I'm not flying. I'm not getting on a plane at seven in the morning. Like that's not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So flying out wasn't too bad. It was actually pretty nice. I also flew Delta. So Delta is, I guess, like one of the only airlines that's still like blocking the middle seat. Um, Delta is the superior, for a very long time has been and continues Mm -hmm. to be the superior airline. Mm -hmm. I've been on the Delta train for years and Mm -hmm. people have always been like, oh, fuck Delta. Mm -hmm. And um, I want to say it was like five or six no, I, I like fell in love with, uh, with Delta like five or six years ago, maybe earlier than that. But yeah. there was when my friend Bobby and I, we went to, I think we were, I think we went to New York and we were flying back from New York. Um, I think we had a layover or something. I don't remember. Whatever. It was a Delta plane and our, our, our flight just kept getting delayed and it was so delayed that they like, they came out and they like gave us sandwiches and they brought us food. And I'm not talking like sad, gross, soggy sandwich that like you don't know where it's been mm-hmm. for the past three weeks, like pretty good food. And I was like, what yeah. is going on? Yep. And, um, and it turned out, I actually think it was probably a pretty big deal. Um, I think we were flying out of, yeah, we were flying out of JFK. So yes, we were coming back from New York mm-hmm. uh, a few years ago and they, the, the, um, Oh, not flight attendant, but at the, the like hostess at the podium yeah. was giving us updates. And at one point, this was probably like three hours into a delay. And she was like, all right, y'all, like, here's what's up. There's a part that is broken and like, we cannot take off without it being fixed. We don't have it on, on hand. We're pulling it from JFK. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how long it's going to be and they're not giving me a real answer. And I don't want to give you guys like mm-hmm. fake information. Like she was so yeah. just straightforward. Like, I love that. And she was like, I'll get you on another flight if you want, or yeah. you can wait. So. I love that. I had that happen to me as well. I'm a very, 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 very anxious flyer. Like I have to take Xanax before I fly or else I will yeah. have a full on, hyperventilation, conniption, panic attack. So I remember fly and I try to fly Delta as much as possible because I just love their mm-hmm. customer service. And I remember there was one time I was actually getting on a flight to go to New York to see family and the pilot, like there was a delay and the pilot himself came out and was like, Hey guys, um, there's a screw that's broken. And because of that screw, we can't take off. It's super small. It's not going to affect the safety or anything like that, but we got to fix the screw. And he was just like, so matter of fact. And so like, this is ridiculous. Don't be nervous. Like, this is just, it is what it is, but like, we're fine. And I'm going to try and haul ass. He was like, I'm going to try to go faster than I should to get you guys there safely and on time. And I was just like, oh, you must be from New York. You must be like going home because you're just like, I'm a haul ass through the sky. And I also appreciate the Delta on like the West to East coast and reverse um, routes still Mm -hmm. serves free meals. And they're like good quality. Like the last time I flew pre pandemic, they were offering like steak sandwiches that were actually delicious. Yeah. And it's, it's free. Like they, obviously they weren't doing meal service this time, but they did do mm-hmm. like little grab bags of snacks. It was like a bottle of water. I think on my way there was a bottle of water, goldfish crackers, a like energy bar mm-hmm. and a little like Purell hand sanitizing towelette. And then on nice. the way back, it was like almonds and biscotti cookies. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but they, yeah, it's just like the, the other thing that I really dig about Delta is I think it was early on in the pandemic, the CEO, I think like basically took like a, I can't remember. It was something really high. I want to say it was like 50 or 70% pay cut. Mm -hmm. So that way they didn't, I, and I don't know if like eventually they wound up having to lay people off, but at least very early on, Mm -hmm. he was like, no, we're going to do whatever we can to keep people. Um, I don't know. I just, I mean, that's just like a standard thing of like when you have an executive and like a C-suite that cares about people that gets translated to the customer and like we feel it so it always blows my mind when there are leaders and organizations that just don't give a fuck about people and all they care about is like a bottom line because I'm like that's going to depending on what interest industry you're in like unless you're like a crazy innovator like we know Elon Musk doesn't have a soul but he's taking (laughs) us to Mars and so we're willing to kind of forgive him for that But if you're just a CEO of a major airline, then like, it's a very competitive industry and you need to bring something and it's like customer service and free food. Like Delta knows what we need. We need to be happy and we need to be fed. Yeah. I will pay more for a Delta flight if I can. Like, yeah. Yeah. Give me, give me, give me that sweet, sweet Delta. Um, how was New York? Did you have fun in New York? Are you moving there now? I did. I had a lot of fun in New York. Um, I was only there for like not even 48 hours. And because it was, cause I landed at five on Monday and then Sean and I went and got dinner. Um, and then Tuesday we went to New Jersey to look at one of the, the Joe Pesci's house. On the Jersey Shore. Wanted to so bad. <laughs> um, so we looked at one of our sites, which was really cool. Uh, and then we came back, went to dinner. And then the next day we flew out to Minneapolis. So I didn't get to like spend too much time. All over. Yeah. So just, I know. Where did you get dinner? You know, I live for food. Oh, yeah. So we went to the Smith um, yeah. when he and I went. Uh, so good. Yep. And then for dinner, we went to, it was this like Mexican, like fancy Mexican place, Rosa? which was funny. No, it was something with a T. Let me look it up. I've got it on my calendar. Um, and he was like, oh yeah, we're doing, um, we're going to go to dinner at Takuba mm-hmm. on 53rd at night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he was like, we're going to go get Mexican food. And I just looked at him and he was like, it is, it is good, but it's, it's not LA Mexican food. Like it's not. I mean, and I was like, I, I know, I know. I just, I mean, I feel like if you're in New York, you got to go gastro or you got to go to like Chinatown and get like one of like the good, good spots. But like, yeah. you don't, I don't know. I mean, it was, love it was Sean, actually but, really good. but you don't take something from LA for Mexican food. I know. I love when people do that. Like I've been to, uh, Oh, like, it, it was, was cold there, there, right? And you and you forgot your jacket. He should have taken you. My jacket. He should have taken you to Abudo <laughs> for ramen. Oh, that would have been dope. You know what? You need to go back to New York with me. <laughs> I. That's what I'm saying. I want to go back, and I want to go with somebody who's from you New York. You will leave 25 pounds heavier, but you will be that's so fine. fucking. Actually, you won't. You won't because New York is a walking home. city. Yeah. So yeah. That's one of the things that I also really love about New York is that it's one, it's a walking city and also people walk fast because I, 
Oh yeah. I've always been like a fast walker and I get so mad when people are in my way. Like, Ooh. Um, do you, do you remember when I first moved to LA and we all went out as a group from work to like go to the, we went to like go to a bonfire on the beach or like dinner or what? I don't even remember, but I was just like full steam ahead of the whole group uh-huh. walking. And I had to keep turning around being like, what's, what are we waiting for? Yeah. What's going yeah. on? <laughs> Why are we moving slow? We have places to be. It took me years, years to learn it's... what a meandering pace was. And to this day, uh, I sometimes, like, I, I can't, it's just not my default speed. I, I think, because my brother is really tall. And so growing yeah. up, like, because he, since he's older than me, when we would, like go places mm-hmm. he's six foot four so he takes incredibly long strides so as like a five-year-old I was basically mm-hmm. like having to run to keep up with him so I think like that's my default setting is just like power walking yeah. um and uh yeah I, I don't know I just I love like I love that it's a walking city mm-hmm. um I love that there's pizza everywhere that's pretty great uh <laughs> did oh, you get yeah. boggles did you get any, you should have gotten like a bag of boggles to bring back bagels. Bagels. They're actually pronounced bagels. I was like, a what? Uh, I, I was, I thought you meant like asshole. the bugles that you put on your fingers, like witch fingers. I was like, bugles, chips. You just that, can you brought me back to my childhood. No, bagels. <laughs> New York bagels. Oh, uh, uh, uh. I actually didn't have a boggle while I was there. I know. <sighs> I know. It's, ooh, they're so fast. I just, there is nothing like a New York bagel made by like a a multi-generational New York Jewish mm-hmm. family owned business with some shmia. How's Taylor handling you being away? Uh, I think he's okay. Um, my roommate sent me a picture or like a little video of him curled up with Chris. I think this was night two. And they're like, he seems to be doing okay. I'm like, okay. They haven't sent me any like crazy updates. Like your cat won't stop screaming. Um, so he's waiting for you to get home and then he's going to start screaming. (laughs) Yeah. He's going to be nauseous when I get home. Uh, (laughs) he's such a little diva. He's so funny, but yeah, overall it was good. I, I forgot my jacket, um, so I just went to H&M and got this, like, leather jacket that I kind of hate. Uh, you should have went to Uniqlo in Midtown and gotten, like, a chic, minimal puffer at an affordable price. So they were closed by Fuck. the time. I was like, I can go get a, a jacket now. Mm. So I didn't. But I will say a shout-out to Chris slash slash robo dessert i have the like pokemon hoodie or nice his version of the pokemon oh yeah um and that's basically all i had and that's what i wore because i think i went to go pick up to go buy a jacket at like 7 p.m and that's all i had on other than my other clothes um to go buy a jacket and i was actually fine i was like pretty warm by the time i got to the store i was actually like sweating a little Mm -hmm. bit so i texted him i was like "Uh, i will pay 40 dollars for another hoodie like Mm -hmm. the thing is dope so good job there um everyone buy robo dessert hoodies and merch yeah i i did buy a robo dessert t-shirt 
And mm-hmm. I fucking hate merch. Like I have bought so much merch from like musicians and whatever. And it's the shittiest quality ever. Like it's horrible, but yeah. Robo dessert, the printing does not fade in the wash and the material actually gets softer the more times I wash it. So now it's just this like super silky, soft, like comforting. Everyone should, everyone should get it. Yeah. I got the gray pullover hoodie and it like is, I've washed it. I've had it maybe like a month and a half and I've washed it several times and it's still super, super soft inside. And so every time I just like, feel like I'm in a little like burrito. Yeah. It's so nice. Yeah. Oh, we, we love robo dessert on this pod. Yeah. I do. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a pretty good dude, I guess. He's fine. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love him. He's one of my best friends, but, uh, but we got to keep him humble. I, oh, a hundred percent. Oh, I see you are on your high horse again today, sir. I, I'm going to take you down. <laughs> So he's the only, only streamer that I follow our account or peony account follows. I think it's like him and Ninja because he recommended like, Oh, that's, <laughs> that's the big Twitch guy. But so like I get notifications on my phone whenever Chris like starts a new stream and he used to be like, good morning, afternoon, evening, like blah, 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 blah. And you can obviously tell it's like, oh, a notification. But he yeah. started doing, what are you having for dinner tonight? And I like opened it and I was like, why is he messaging us this? Like, what? Is this a DM? <laughs> like, what is this? And then I was like, oh, it's a notification and it's the title of history. Okay. Mm-hmm, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But mm-hmm. it threw me off at first. I was like, Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you, you I am literally always open to talking about food. I, that's one of the things that I love about you. Cause I'm always like, what am I going to have tonight for yes. food? Which I'm actually thinking about. Like I just had breakfast. I'm like, well, what am I going to have for lunch? That's in two hours or oh. so. Dude, I, I do this all the time to Garrett like we when we went away for my birthday weekend to Calistoga Uh we were sitting and eating dinner outside and we're sitting there and I'm like "Hmm, I can't wait for dinner tomorrow like the other we're going to that other place and then for brunch we're going here and I like planned out our whole day based on food and he's like we haven't even gotten our entrees like where we are right now. And I was like, yeah, 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 but I know it's going to be good. And like, I'll have time to enjoy it when it comes, but I'm like thinking mm-hmm. about like the other food I'm going to have. Mm-hmm. So my life is like firmly rooted around food. And there is truly nothing more disappointing to me. Like I will literally like just get so happy if I eat something and it isn't good because then I have wasted that experience and I'm too full Mm -hmm. to eat another meal. And so I'm full, but I'm not satisfied and I'm grumpy and I just will get all huffy and just be like, that sucked (laughs) tantrum. And it's just like truly one of the most disappointing experiences in my life. 
not everyone will understand, but the real ones will. If you know, you know. What was the last like bad meal you had where you were just like, ah? I've gotten I've gotten quite good at Mm -hmm. if I'm not enjoying it Mm -hmm. to not finish it to like pivot because what I would do before would be like, and it was always like, Oh, I'm too lazy to cook something or I'm too lazy to order something good. So let me just make like whatever, like this pizza that's in the freezer. And then I would eat it. And then at the end I would be like, that sucked. But now I'm just like, Oh, I, if I don't like it, I'll take a few nibbles just to like take the edge off of the hanger. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be like, all right, what's my game plan? I got to pivot. And then I'll, yeah. I'll make sure to turn the experience around because I've been burned so many times that I just can't, I can't handle that kind of betrayal anymore. <laughs> so to answer your question, I don't remember because I've gotten yeah. very, very good okay. at just being like, this isn't what I want. Yeah. This is not doing it for me. I'm not going to suffer through this. And I'm the kind of person that like, if I'm going to order from somewhere or if I'm going to go out to dinner or go out to a meal, I will perform like a, a CIA level of Intel gathering on that place. I need to see the menu. I need to know who the chef is. Where did he come? The executive chef, where did they come from? Um, what are go on Yelp? Look at the photos of the food. My, mm-hmm. I've always had a lot of cooks in my family, like really good, delicious cooks. And my dad was a professional chef and he's, cla- he was classically trained in the French culinary arts. Oh Jesus. He went to culinary <laughs> school and he went to the, um, fuck, what's it called? The French culinary Institute in New York. Oh yeah. Like the Cordon Bleu? Soho. No, not the Cordon Bleu. It's literally the French. I think it's the, like, it's, it's, it's the French Culinary Institute. I think it also mm-hmm. is called the International Culinary Institute, but like Jacques Pepin, for anyone that knows the, the like illustrious French chef, Julia Child's BFF. He, I believe was either like the, like, Dean or like something founder, something there, but it's like very, very traditional French training techniques. And so that's wow. where my dad went to school. And so I was always very much from an early age primed and prepped for a culinary experience. Like mm-hmm. no fast food, no processed foods in my family. Like it's always one of those things of like, even if we're going to cook and we have to do it in like a hack kind of way. So it's more like efficient or quicker. Like it's still going to be a good flavor profile. Like to the point where I would come home from, from school when I was in like the third or fourth grade and my grandma who raised me and stayed at home to take care of me, I would like sit in the kitchen and do my homework while she made me like a, a little personal pizza from scratch. Like she would, while I was at school, she would like make the dough and make the sauce and da, 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 da. And then she would assemble it when I came home and it would cook while I was doing homework. And that would be my like after school snack. And then she, mm. her and my grandfather started a small business to kind of like, cause they were getting antsy in retirement. And so mm-hmm. for like junior high, I was coming home to an empty house and I was just like microwaving Celeste pizzas. And it was, that was probably the most miserable that stands out in my mind as the most miserable culinary <laughs> experience in my life is like microwaving Celeste pizzas and like eating them. And to this day, if I taste something that faintly reminds me of that experience, it brings back a little bit of nostalgia, but also like a lot of anxiety. 
Yeah. You're just like, why am I doing this? That's, that's the other thing. I don't know about you, but like, I have a horrible memory unless those memories are anchored in food. So either a great culinary experience or a bad culinary experience, like you can tell me, Oh, remember when I told you this? And I'll be like, no, but if it's tied to like, Oh, we went to dinner and you like told me that story. I'll be like, yeah, I remember. And I remember what you were wearing and I remember what you were talking about. And I remember who we were with and what the weather was like. And like, I'll remember everything, but it's all anchored in the food experience. Am I the only one? No, I, so I, I'm like that with smell and I would say also with food. Um, so like I have a lot of this, this is going to sound, uh, I'm a Disney adult. I'm just throwing that out there. I, but I feel like this is also going to, this is going to sound very privileged because it was, um, but growing up, like my aunt lived very close to Disneyland. So we would go all the time. We had season passes and then like when I became a teenager and had my own job, that was like my friends and I, our priority was having a Disneyland pass, like saving for college. No, we'll figure that out later. But anyway, so we would go to Disneyland a lot. And, um, sometimes I'm like, Oh, I can't like, somebody will be like, Oh, do you remember this time when we went and this thing happened? And I'm like, no. And somebody will be like, do you remember this time when we went and it was Christmas? And so it smelled like this. And also you were eating a churro. I'm like, yeah, I absolutely remember that very particular moment. Mm -hmm. Unless it was like, I remember very clearly, um, one of my friends, uh, that I worked at hot topic with Jose, he, he hadn't been to Disneyland since he was like four or five. So he didn't really remember. And one of my favorite things to do is to take, people who've either never been or haven't been since they were really little to Disneyland for like the first time and do like a whole all day event. Mm-hmm. Um, and so far, knock on wood, uh, every time I've done that, they've had like a magical experience. And so I think probably one of the strongest memories I have right now is when we took him because he was just like wide eyed and was just like, wow, this is amazing. We also ate about snacks too. You so. are the person to go to a theme park with like Disney universal. You are the person because you just have this like very engaging presence that is contagious of like, like, like literally stepping over. Cause we went to universal together. It was the first time uh-huh. I went to universal. I don't like rides. I, I dislike rides. Even when I was a little, little kid and we went to Disney world in Florida, uh-huh. I, this will tell you a lot about me and circle back. I refused to go on the rides. I didn't enjoy any of the theme parks except for Epcot because mm-hmm. you can go to all the different worlds and you can because eat all the food. different foods. <laughs> so we would like yeah. go to France and get a crepe. And like that, we would like literally go on a food crawl. And that was uh-huh. the highlight of my Disney experience. But I remember going to Universal with you and just like stepping over the threshold. I was just like, I don't like rides. I've never been here. I don't know what's happening. But we went as like a work offsite. And so I was yeah. like, okay, well, I have to be here for work. And I like, these are new people. It's a new job. Like <laughs> our boss is my now fiance, but back then we weren't dating and he's a ball buster. And so he was like, like to this day, I don't let him live it down, but he bullied me to go on the mummy ride. And I was literally near tears coming out and you were the only one that noticed and you grabbed me by Mm -hmm. the hand and you like pulled me away from the group and you were just like, we're fine. We're like, so like, whatever, let's go on to the next thing. And I appreciated that. And you also protected me from the zombies and the walking dead part. Like you were like my 
knight in shining armor, that whole experience. And so if anyone is to ever experience a theme park, I think they should experience it with a Lex of their own. Oh, well, thank you. I just, I think like theme parks are, it can be, cause I've, I've watched people like get really, um, I think they're so easy. It's so easy to get like overstimulated at theme parks and also like, I don't know. I don't understand like guilting people into going on a roller coaster or anything. Like I've definitely taken people who are interested in going on a roller coaster and they're scared. Like they don't know where to start. And mm-hmm. I think Disneyland's a great place. Cause it's like, I've had people who are like, Oh, I'm afraid to go on a roller coaster. Let's go on space mountain. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's the last one. We're going to start over here. I'm like, <laughs> slowly work people up to that level if they're interested. And then I've had people go on a roller coaster and they're like, that was fine. I'm never doing that again. And yeah. it's like, <laughs> like yeah. I don't know. It's like, don't take, don't take away the magic of the experience. Yeah. I mean, for me, I hear you for me. I don't, I don't personally see the, like, I don't feel the draw of a straight up roller coaster. Cause I'm like, yeah. this is not like, I'm waiting in line and then I'm sitting and then I'm feeling like I'm going to die. And then I wake up and then I like, we get down and I didn't die, but I'm crying and convulsing and I'm having a panic. Attack. But your body like process the whole experience, it's, like a massive threat. Yeah. I'm like, why would I just continuously shorten my telomeres mm-hmm. with that amount of stress? However, when we went to universal, the fact that those rides, like the, the five D rides or whatever, the four D, whatever, where it's like the immersive, oh, yeah. it's not just like you're on a rail and you're doing loop de loops. And like, there's like a storytelling element and there's like effects yeah. and like you're going through the narrative that I found engaging. Cause I was like, Ooh, it's immersive. I'm very into the immersive element, but if it's just a matter of like getting on a, in a rickety bucket and going on rails and feeling like I'm going to die. Like I personally don't find yeah. appeal in that. Yeah. So it's just me. And that, that makes a lot of sense. I think that's why I think like Disneyland is, a and, and universal, I will say too. I think those two are both really great for rides. Cause like Disneyland the whole experience and they have a couple of roller coasters, but most of it's like pirates of the Caribbean where you're sitting in a boat and you're like seeing the whole story unfold. But, and I will say like the haunted mansion at, um, Walt Disney world, like I will get in arguments all day and you can come at me. Disneyland in California is far superior. However, I will give you, uh, haunted mansion at Walt Disney world, because the experience starts like so early on, there's like, while you're waiting in line, mm-hmm. there's stuff that you can interact with. And Disneyland has that as well. But yeah. Walt Disney world just like kicks it up several yeah. notches. So I'm like, all right, I can have, I've never, I've never been, but I would like to go. I love a haunted house. Like that's the kind of fear mm-hmm. that I'm into. Here's the thing mm-hmm. though. It has to be done. Well, again, there has to be a story. There has to be an engaging element. There has to be an entertainment factor. If I'm just walking through a house that's poorly lit and random actors are jumping out at me to spook me, like that's not an experience I'm interested in. I'm interested in like the romance of building suspense and like the interactive element of an immersive experience. Like in New York, they don't, they don't do it anymore. I don't think, but they had this experience called sleep no more. Are you familiar? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So for those that don't know, it's an immersive 
theater experience of Macbeth, where you literally, it's a very small group of audience members. You go in like in staggered show times, you wear a mask as an audience member so that you can kind of just like be part of the experience, like voyeuristically. Um, Mm -hmm. and you walk through these rooms and all of these rooms do like tell the story of Macbeth in various parts, but it's, you literally get to experience it as it's happening. Like you literally walk into a room and there's a blood orgy going on and you're like, what the fuck did I just walk into? But it's like, so (laughs) it's like these parks that do these immersive experiences. And Uh, so that, that I'm into when you, when the line between audience or, or park goer or whatever patron is blurred with the experience where you feel like you're almost a part of it. That I'm very into. It sounds like they still are doing productions, but I know yeah. the the mess was like their biggest one. They, um, so, cause I remember in college, I was still in college when sleep no more. I think like when it first really <laughs> blew up and I can't, I can't tell you how many like productions of like La Ronde or some other play my college was like, oh, well, not my college, but like students in my college were like, oh, we're going to do like a sleep no more twist on this performance. And mm-hmm. I thought it was cool that like people were like, let's try it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it was interesting to watch. Suddenly everybody was like, oh, we'll do immersive theater as well. Mm-hmm. And they, they did, um, there's, I can't remember the, the company, but there was this play. I didn't see it, but there was a play that like, it took place in someone's car. And so you sat in the back seat and the two people in the front were like acting, like they were doing the show. You just like chilled in their back seat. And and there's been a ton of productions that are like, they take place in a cemetery or, you know, things like that. So I I always think it's fascinating, but overall it's like sleep sleep no more, like kick that up several months. Yeah. Um, yeah. That. Um, yeah. But um, that makes sense. Cause I think for you, it's, a, it's the same thing with like food. Like for you, it's the full experience. It's not yeah. just same thing with porn. I can't it's not transactional. No, it's just, it, like <laughs> there needs to be a story element. It needs to be believable. Huh? Like everything. It's not like the plumber is like, I'm here to clean out your pipes. And you're like, no, Oh no, no, it, it, <laughs> there has to be like, there has to be an effort that's put into all mm-hmm. elements of the production, not just like the climactic parts. Anyway, let's queue up the episode, shall we? I'm genuinely, so I was re-listening to, or I was listening to, not re-listening, but I was listening to the first half of this conversation with Chanel and um, I'm really looking forward to the second half. I know, like, so you can hear the, like, you can hear the, like, tension almost as the, like, the two of us are having our minds blown. Like, there's, it's so, it's so dope. So I'm looking forward to that. And she, like, no, I love every single guest we've had on here. Absolutely no shade to anyone mm-hmm. else that's been on. But I think she may, from a production standpoint, be the best guest we've ever had. Yeah. She's just such an incredible speaker and storyteller. And like you and I will go on tangents and we'll take people with us as the hosts. And like all of a sudden we don't know where we are, but she just like has this 
incredible way of like telling you three different stories, but they're so succinctly woven into each other that then you come full circle and you're Mm -hmm. like, what? How did we get here? Yeah. But what? (laughs) Okay. While listening to it this time through, I wrote down this quote and I tried to write it down when we were recording it because she said it and I was like, it's beautiful. But um, it's the power comes from the magic of your intention, like, which I think was, I, I don't know, my biggest takeaway was that it doesn't matter how you decide to do the work if you want to call it witchcraft, spirituality, like how, you know, therapy, whatever thing, there's so many avenues of bettering yourself and rediscovering who you are. And it's figuring out which tool means the most for you. And when, when she was talking about shadow work and she was like, no, you're going to therapy. You're already doing that work. Like that is shadow work. Just like, what? I don't know. Just I think that was beautiful. This idea of like the magic is within all of us. The way she referred to is like skincare can be a ritual. Whatever thing you do throughout the day is a ritual. Like there is magic to everything you do. It's just setting your intention for it to be. That I know that specific part got me as well. And there was one point where she was like, you can clean your house and that can be magic. And I, found myself mm-hmm. thinking of that as I was scrubbing my stove the other day. And I just like was alone in the house and found myself. Oftentimes mm-hmm. I'll talk to myself and I'll, but under my breath, even if I'm alone. And so uh-huh. I'm just like scrubbing, really putting elbow grease into cleaning my stove. And I'm just like, 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 <laughs> like <that's it. laughs> magic. <laughs> Yeah, I loved our conversation with her so, so much. It was so good. So let's go ahead and pick up part two. Uh, so it's it's been a learning curve. There, there will be. That's the thing is the other thing just to know is like, it's not going to just be, it's not easy. Spirituality isn't, it isn't all light and love it, it, by any means. Um, you know, it's something that is, I'm going to turn myself sideways so you guys can see me better. Um spirituality is more exploring your, the depths of yourself. You know, a lot of people think of it as, um, you know, you hear, might hear about a lot of people talking about like light and love and things like that. And that is only half the equation. The light side of it is only one part. If we don't explore our shadows, then our light, it it doesn't mean as much. I've found it's, I always tell people to just look up, look at where their anxiety is coming from. Look at the patterns. There's usually instances that are like, there's that are almost triggering. I know trigger is kind of a large word to use, but it is like if every time you sit down to work on your book and you're just like anxious and you can't sit and like, ah, I don't know, I got to go and go and go grab something to eat instead, or you go take a shower or you, you just, that those things you avoid a lot of the times, not, I'm not talking like that's a bad energy. I don't want to engage with it. I'm staying away from it kind of work, but those things that we are avoiding are usually like looking at any time a negative energy comes up, looking at also our speech patterns, what we say, 
Our negative self-talk is huge. That is the biggest tool I'd say, like the internal monologue that we have or how we, how we hate on ourselves. Go look in a mirror and what's the thought that runs in your brain? And if it's something like, ugh, my skin's awful or ugh, my, you know, I look tired. Like what? Okay. You look tired. Well, maybe you need some freaking sleep. And that thing is, there's also a lot of problems. People like to put spirituality as like up on a pedestal, like it's going to solve everything. And sometimes it's just real world needs that you have. Like you're not cursed. You just haven't eaten anything healthy in a week. And your body's like, I'm, I need nutrition. Sometimes you, you're like, I don't know. I'm anxious and I'm stressed. And I always tell people, first off, have you had any water today? Have you eaten? Have you gotten up and spent five minutes moving your body or stretching in some way? Well, it might just be your body telling you you're anxious. But if after you've done those things, you're still feeling bad, that's when you can start looking and going, hmm, like what, um, why is this really bothering me? Look, dig a little deeper. Uh, if you're a writer, I recommend writing. Sometimes I'll just say write until you have nothing else. Like just let your hand kind of go and like, I, um, automatic writing for me, for example, I can't do in sentences, but I can write one word at a time. I just write the next word that comes to mind. I don't think about the sentence as a whole. And they usually come out with really clear answers. I just go, what should I, like, I'll write the question out. I'll be like, what should I do? And then you just write whatever the next word that comes to mind. And you look down and you're like, wait a minute, that's a sentence. And that's a really clear answer. Like sometimes it's literally that easy. And of course, the more you do it, the easier it gets. Um, I have been telling absolutely everybody, do try to pick up a meditation practice. It's probably the best thing you could ever do for yourself. Um, I've been struggling with it recently. I haven't been able to really get in the zone very much. And, but I still try. I make sure, and I get, if I get to a point where it's really causing me more stress than it's worth, then I stop. But I've been working out a program on, or not program, but like a, a way to do it where you go, okay, I'm anxious. Okay. First off my back hurts, you know, let's try laying down instead of sitting up. First off, you don't have to sit up like a yogi. You don't have to do, you don't have to go through all the pomp and circumstance of it. If laying in bed on an ice pack is how you can meditate, do it. Like it, there's no shame in it. It doesn't have to be glamorous. You don't have to be able to go sit in a park with this perfect posture and meditate despite that everything's going on around you. No, you probably need a quieter place, um, you know, but then look at what comes up. What is blocking you? Because basically, if you can unpack your blockages, that's where your life grows. If you do shadow work, miracles just flow to you. And I am living proof of this. Um, a year ago, I quit my job. And I did so because my mental health was too bad to continue working there. I was just like, if I stay at this job, I'm going to die, period. I was miserable. I hated my job, even though it was the job I'd wanted. And I was doing the things. I just wasn't happy. I was in a condition where I was being micromanaged and had just too much expectation on me for not nearly enough money. You know, we're all pretty Lex used to that. Lex and I one. know all about and that feeling that these things. Because that doesn't make a difference. I read somewhere once that if you... Would a pay raise make you stay in that job? Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't, it's time to move on. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, 
talking to my therapist about this um, because I'm starting a new job tomorrow um, that is still kind of in the same field, uh, which isn't, you know, it's not theater. It's not where I want to be, but the person that I get to work with who will be my manager is someone who's managed me before and literally is such a game changer. And my therapist was like the, the person who, you know, directs you or develops you in your career is such a huge, like has such a huge impact on your happiness in your job. If you work for somebody or work for a company or whatever that, uh, even if they pay you really well, if they are emotionally and mentally taxing on you, you you're not going to give a shit. Like versus somebody who motivates you and supports yeah, you. And that can use it as an excuse to stay if you're not getting stay, compensated but, like, you stay. You have financially or otherwise. It's really 2021. So, we don't have time for uh, that anymore. Yeah, that you. was also a big theme of last year yes. is that this year yes, is about breaking also get compensated quotes, well. about the unexpected things. We just ended an 800 yeah. year cycle. Some of these cycles have been in place. Some of these Capricorn heavy placements have been there for 800 years. And that's literally, and now we're all in Aquarius yeah. energy. I mean, planets are slowly moving out of Aquarius right now into other things, but we had seven planets in Aquarius in January. So would you say that it was the age of Aquarius? That is okay. So there is a lot of debate over the age of Aquarius. Um, nobody can really agree on the concept, but in energetically speaking, yes, that is the case. It is this, it is a new age. That's the thing is Mm -hmm. how things have always been is not how things are now. Even though sometimes we look out at the world and we're like, nothing's changing. Nothing's Mm -hmm. getting better. It is. But what's changing it is that we are feeling uncomfortable. We are being pushed out of our comfort zones. And therefore, we are the ones that create and sustain that change. And that's what this year is about is creating sustained momentum towards the future you want. You're not going to get it right away. I'm not making any promises. Although I will say, if you do the work on yourself right now, I would expect great leaps forward in your life in the next six months for just about everybody. Like you want to change things right now is the time to do it more than I've ever seen in my life. And I'm, I'm one of these examples. Like, so I was saying I quit my job because it just, I couldn't Mm -hmm. do it anymore. And I felt guilty. I was like, I left them in the middle of a pandemic. I'm an online marketer. That was Mm -hmm. what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Like, how did I abandon my company? I spent about four months crying and purging the concept of capitalism Mm -hmm. from my bones. I had no idea how I was going to make money. I only had like a month in the bank. I wasn't like I was rolling in it by any means. I wasn't exactly paycheck to paycheck. And I had a couple of lucky windfalls. Mm -hmm. Like I was blessed in that sense, but I quit. I didn't expect to get unemployment. None of it worked out. And then it all worked out. And I've actually worked less Mm -hmm. in the last year than I've ever worked in my life. And I know it was because I quit that job. I know that Mm -hmm. sounds backwards, but quitting my job ended up being the most abundant decision I could have made for myself. Mm -hmm. And doing this thing, um, like my life jumped forward when I decided to start reading tarot again, because mm-hmm. I'm reintegrating these shadow parts of myself. So like right now I am getting back into art. I've been, the first thing I ever wanted to do with my life was be an artist. And then somebody told me it wasn't practical at some point and I stopped doing it. And now I'm like, um, I can do this from home. It's actually a lot more practical. I can do it from anywhere in the world. And like travel is a big thing for me. Obviously Mm -hmm. we can't do that much right now, but I am setting up my life so that I never have to be locked to a location again. Like that's the goal. But Mm -hmm. like I said, the more I do, um, I spent the four months crying over 
the fact that I quit my job and it's a pandemic mm-hmm. and eventually I'm going to run out of money and I'm going to end up having to move back home with family. What am I going to do? I don't know. I spent four months just so depressed, unable to process that. And then all my unemployment with back pay came through all at once. Wow. For like four or five months. Wow. wow. And I've been okay ever since. And I know that not everybody gets unemployment. I am very blessed in that. Mm -hmm. But I also saw the correlation between where I, my intuition said, quit your job. And Mm -hmm. my ego was like, no, I can't quit my job. It's an online job that I can do remotely in a pandemic. Why would I quit that? Mm -hmm. I argued with myself for about three weeks over it before I actually, uh, about a month, actually, that first month, I spent a whole month trying to work. And I just got to a point where it was too painful to stay in that job. It just wasn't an option. And so I quit and I'm like, I don't know, I'll figure it out. And then I had the guilt and that's when my back fell apart. And that's the other thing is our body, what part of your body falls apart also represents different emotional things. Um, mid back is guilt. And that's where my injury originally was. Um, and then come around December, I had just, I'd finally moved out of my apartment. I had just gone through a big move and my neck and upper back fell apart. And that is for not feeling like not feeling supported or like you have the ability to change your life. And so like my pain actually moved physically once the reason I was upset, like changed headaches are invalidating yourself. Like, you know, you should be doing something else or that this isn't who you are. Like, you know, a long day sitting over a computer doing job you hate and your head hurts. Yeah. That's your body being like, you know, this isn't who you are. Ah. Okay. What is (laughs) hip pain? Hold on. Other than tight hamstrings. I know that. Okay. Hold on. Give me. Give me a second. I can look this up. I have okay. to look it up though. 32 um, years on this planet and I have gotten to know myself more in this conversation. And coincidentally, I would say it's probably the one episode that I have not been speaking the whole time. I feel like I over talk so often because I just go on tangents, but I'm just, my mind's literally just being blown over and over. And the book I use for the, again. uh, the physical things, by the way, is yeah. um, by Louise Hay. It's called You Can Heal Your Life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. J-Lo loves that book. I, uh, this mm, book has changed my life. Like, really? Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> Lex, you're going to... Are you ready for me to call you yeah, out publicly a little bit? Hips. Carries the body in perfect balance. Major thrusts moving forward. Or moving forward. Hip problems is also a fear of going forward and major decisions or feeling like you have nothing to move forward to. And if you would like an affirmation for that is, I am in perfect balance. I move forward in life with ease and joy at every age. You hear that, Grandma? <laughs> I'm, I look. There have been a few times throughout this episode where I was like starting to get kind of misty eyed. I feel like I'm going to probably cry at the like after this. I'll probably like just be a mess. <laughs> oh. It's actually a really good thing. Today is the last day of the full moon energy, so full moons. I pre- encourage any releases that come cool. up. If you want to cry on a full moon, like go sit in the bathtub and cry. That is the best thing you I can tried do. To, I did sit in the bathtub last night and I tried to cry. I can feel it. It's there. It wants to happen. And I was like, just do it. Didn't happen. But. I just got I just got goosebumps in that. I, so you've got a big breakthrough if you exactly, can get that one on I know exactly what you could do to cry. And I don't I don't be careful what you wish for. Do you want me? Do you want the hint? Or yeah. Like how how much do you want to commit to so crying? So much. What's the hint? Go. 
What's your favorite thing that Chadwick Boseman has ever uh, been in? Oh, oh brutal. <laughs> literally just interviews with him will like send me over the edge. There you go. Like, there you okay, go. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. I'm good at making people cry. Apparently <laughs> my card of the day that I pulled yesterday for like the collective of um, yeah. like what we can release. Cause like I said, full moons are about mm-hmm. releases um, and purges and heightened emotions. Yesterday, it was the Nine of Cups reversed, which Nine of Cups upright is known as the wish card. It's like, whatever you wish, it's it, like mm-hmm. you get your wish fulfillment. Like you, you're having your wishes fulfilled. Reversed, it means you have like this fear that you cannot achieve them. So what we needed to release this weekend is like the fear that what we, des- what we dream of and what we wish for can't be true. I mean, if you want, I can pull you guys a card for you two right now. Okay, and, you just, uh, yes, do please. yes, please. Yes, please. Do we have to, when you do that, is it like the person that pulls the card has to, is it, I have to think of something. You'll walk me through yeah. it. I'll nope. stop. Um, I, so what I do is I just pull I, my intention. I phrase uh-huh. a question in my head and then I pull the card. Now, when I say pull a card, I don't just pick a card out of the deck. Mm-hmm. I read by jumpers. So you'll probably hear a bunch of noise. Uh, so I just shuffle the cards very quickly and whatever card falls out of the deck, that's the one I read. Okay. So I don't actually choose a card. I let oh, the universe do that wow. for me. Uh, other people do it differently. You know, occasionally I will just flip the next card if I need like okay. clarification. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so like... Oh, oh, wow, oh, wow. oh, oh, my goodness. That's a fat deck yeah. too. Oh, oh, hold on. We got actually, we got two. <gasps> one for each of us. I don't know. I don't know how this works. It's like a raffle. Oh, I'm so excited. This one is for well, If you want to laugh, I just got that nine Son of, of a bitch. <laughs> I think that might be mine. I think that might be mine. Oh my God. Maybe it's both know. of ours. Uh, nine the of cups, which is wishes, but we have the five of cups reversed, which has also come up a bunch this week. Um, the five of cups reversed is the healing of heart wounds. It's, um, it's depression. It's sadness upright, but reversed. It's that this is passing out this feeling that like of despair, uh, it's crying over spilt Mm. milk. The, the image on it is of a person looking at there's five cups and three of them have tipped over and they've spilled on the ground. And they're like, I just lost everything. Like that's the feeling of the five of cups, but reversed means that this too shall pass that the, the grief, the stress, all of this is temporary. It doesn't have to last, but it does require you to shift your focus from the negative to the positive to move past it. And if you do, we have nine of cups, which is, like I said, it's the wish card. I mean, I can't, I can't make this stuff up. It's that's how this works. Like whatever card I say, a lot of times ends up being what comes out of the deck. Did that's why get, I'm like, okay, I believe in magic. That's fine. Like, did we get the nine of cups reversed or it's upright for us? Upright. If you guys could, so in this fuck, case, fuck, you, fuck, fuck, the fuck, two fuck. of you and anybody else listening, if you can stop focusing on the negative and shifting towards the movement it takes to move towards what you want okay. to move towards the right. positive. And I'm also for the record, uh, oh, just Lex, since I know you're going to New York tomorrow, this background of this card is most definitely that Brooklyn bridge in New York. In this deck. I just, I just, my body just went through so many different things in response to what just happened. But if we can, like I said, if heart healing, um, sometimes the five of cups, I mean, it's the five of cups speaks to grief. Mm -hmm. 
the grief that we feel when it's upright, it talks about the semi-permanence of it, that some pains don't just go away, Mm -hmm. but when it's reversed, it's like, this is going to pass what you're feeling right now. It's not going to last. It will keep going. Like things are going to get better than this, than what they are right now. And in fact, it's nothing but like wish fulfillment here going forward, but you have to do the work. That's it. That's really, and that has been my experience in spirituality. If I heal some broken part of myself through my practice, miracles show up. My last one was I fell into this injury in the beginning of December. I was on bed rest for two weeks straight. I couldn't get doctors to take me seriously, but I was like, I'm in so much pain. I can't sit up straight or even walk or move or do anything for more than a few minutes. I couldn't drive a car. I couldn't turn my neck. And my doctor said, you're young and healthy. You're just fine. This is obviously not true. We know women's pain in the medical field is often historically um, Mm -hmm. disregarded. So that was my thing. And I went, what am I going to do? I, you know, I'm a photographer by trade as well. And I was like, Mm -hmm. how am I going to carry a camera? Mm -hmm. My back, my neck, everything's messed up. What am I going to do? And I had to, I spent three weeks being like, I don't know. I don't know. And I just said, I have to figure this out. And I had actually stopped reading tarot for a couple months because my faith was so shattered after last year. Like it broke me last year, but it broke. We only broke last year for the parts of ourselves that were already broken. Like it was the lean to shacks that we had built up that we had told ourselves was a palace. And in fact, we're now down to the foundation, but now we have room to build again. And that, that being like, I don't have a house anymore or like maybe literally for some people, but like this feeling of like, I've just lost so much. If we can stop focusing on the loss and focus on where we can rebuild, it is literally infinite potential right now. (laughs) I just got goosebumps all over my body. Lex, are you, you're tearing up. Those are my yes sign. We call them spirit bumps. So that's another thing you can do too, is if you want to check in with your intuition. Like they make you fast and and bulletproof feeling. I mean, I'm sure they do that. I've actually never, I've never done Coke, so I have no clue. Me neither. I watched, I watch a lot of Peaky Blinders lately. (laughs) Oh my, wait, so can you either, well, astrology and Otero, can you, are you able to like get an indication of when we'll be out of the pandemic and what life will look like my, as we okay, my, I just read an article where a bunch of scientists um, were saying by like this summer things not will be when we first 100% normal that was my original be able to like uh thus far yeah. I still stand by that that puts us in about late summer this year um mm-hmm. semblance of normalcy I read that too Cause I'm currently researching how the heck I can get myself to the UK. Um, and that was what they were saying. Oh, that was my thing. That's my tie in there. Uh, just backtrack for a second. So I had my back was all ruined. Um, I met my favorite person in the entire world. I think I've ever met, but he lives in the UK and I did it on Christmas Eve because I was <laughs> depressed and sad and got on an app that let me swipe around the world. Uh. I talk to him like we talk every day. You guys are going to be like Cameron Diaz and Jude Law in the holiday. Oh, no. At least I hope so. Oh. When are you going? I don't know. I, I actually just, my friend made me realize it won't be right away because I yeah. actually have to renew. My passport expires next month, so it won't be for a little while. Um, but she brought that to my attention before it becomes a problem anyway. So that was nice. I was like, ooh. 
I, I need to take care of that. Cause it's going to take a couple of months, three to four months yeah. to deal with that. So we'll see. Um, I feel very confident about late May, early June for most people. Um, there are, you know, hyper localized to your place wow. will change. Well, that was another thing too. Saturn Jesus. all last year, every time we went into lockdown here in LA, Saturn was at 24 degrees Aquarius. I'm sorry, 24 degrees Capricorn. Sorry. I'm sorry, my bad. So that, <laughs> uh, we were at literally the exact same point every time we locked down. I'm like Gandalf the Grey or Gandalf the Grey. So I'm like, the more I learn about this, the more I build I just, my own mind I just, with it. I just keep hearing that word come up, Capricorn. That's the past. That's yeah, past absolutely. That's energy too. 100%. Um, okay, okay, always. okay, okay. Because in the Zodiac, Capricorn is the elder. They get a little stuck in their ways sometimes. They're wise and grounded. I feel like I've done that. Yeah, I hope can, I've done they, that. They can be very stuck in their <laughs> ways sometimes. Lex, you're, you're the Gandalf of the group. Huh. That's up to you to decide. Who do you want to be? Yeah, do you, do you want to be the evolved one? <laughs> I mean, hey. And goes back to those cups, baby. He had to fall into fighting a demon for days before Mm -hmm. he became the wife. Oh man, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know. Actually, a lot of um, and if you ever want to just go down like a weird spiritual one, uh, look at any movie from a spiritual context. It's actually quite fun. I enjoy doing that. Like any movie, almost. I mean, I haven't found a a movie yet that hasn't given me some kind of message. But I'm like, what can I learn from this to like make my film choices more? I know. Uh, sometimes right. that's fun to like watch. That's my guilty pleasure in quarantine is to like get stoned as fuck and watch TV mm-hmm. and think everything's spiritual. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I got nothing else to do. But I've had like major breakthroughs because I like watched Pocahontas. <laughs> oh. Yeah. You're like, they weren't wrong. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, heart and brain. Uh awkward yeti, I think, is given comic. you've given me yeah, a lot to yeah, think about. That's so good. That like especially but when you were just, talking about it's knowing about, yourself. Um, that is the actual like at the end of the day, that's what I think the power is, is, is recognizing like, who you are say, working with the flow of energy. Because we kind of spent our trouble whole work, lives. But that like I was like, always and always like, on a soapbox. Maybe for example, it's our nature to be more heart led. Like both of you, for example. But we both get caught like you get caught up in the mental game of it. And yep. everything has to be rational and make sense before you do it. Heart mm-hmm. is yeah. pretty impulsive. They just kind of, I don't know. I feel like yeah. I should. So I went with oh, it. I was just like, no, this is bullshit. Just like those yeah, comics you like, Lex. And then I, I feel, yep. I always feel super in conflict with. I think you're right. Uh, I've got to do right. the right thing. Like I, I have to keep my job because I have to be able to pay my bills because I have to be able to save my, like I have to have stability yeah, well, and and that's the thing is that I'm I'm like okay, but like, who said that that's the right thing to do? Oh, your family who tell you like this, you have to play by these rules. I mean, a Leo is they're really is fucking unhappy a, with their lives, or so heavy Leo placement is being like, on a soapbox all the time. I have I, a Leo. I it's been a lot so, like, of. We share that in that sense. Is going to work for you? Yeah, yeah. So I've, I feel like I've uh, been on that. Yeah. 
the right thing for and, who, and though? And your heart is over here like, <laughs> let me be free, God damn it! Mm-hmm. I mean... Mm-hmm. Even if they were happy, though, like, what's to say that what worked for them would work for yeah. someone else. And that's why I said it's intimate. It's very yeah. personal, your relationship to your spirituality. And a lot of people are open with their practice, but a lot of people don't even tell people like they have private. It doesn't have to be something you don't have to go be a professional reader or, but developing a connection to spirit source, the force, God, Allah, whatever you want to call it, it could be anything. Mm. I personally call it the universe and source a lot, sometimes spirit. Um, although my, probably the best version of explaining what I believe is really is the force. Um, so we got to love the nerd content there, but that I believe that some people Mm -hmm. have a natural ability to, to tap into these things more than others. Although anybody can learn to somewhat utilize Mm it like to some extent, uh, but that we also become a part of that greater thing when we die, like that we are, cause I don't know about you guys, but people that are gone, they're still very much here for me. Like they're around there. And if anything, they live on in your mind and your mind is if, as we mm-hmm. continue to go, even if you are an atheist, your mind creates the world that you live. Mm-hmm. And if you, whatever you carrying with you is going to be a part, it is going to be in your mental house. So if you're still carrying a bunch of, if you still have your inner child locked in a closet, you know, it, it, it could be a real nice house, but are you going to feel very good about yourself? Not so much. Fuck. So it's like, it's, it's, it's basically Marie condoing your inner world is what I would call like shadow work. Like if you've ever had to like stress yourself out to like clean out a desk, you haven't cleaned in like 10 years or something, that feeling of like, Oh my God, when you open the door, it's like a can of worms and you have to take everything out and it gets messier before it gets better. So like I said, if you've got really deep traumas though, try to find maybe a holistic therapist Mm -hmm. that can work you through it or some kind of practitioner that can kind of go alongside you. You definitely don't want to bite off more than you can chew because that can definitely happen. And I have also done that. Uh, the other thing I would want everybody who's deciding to go down this world, this is the emergency break. Everybody should know it. And that's called grounding. You can do that through meditation. Um, but if you're not much of a meditator, you have to go out and literally touch the earth sometimes, like with your bare skin, like go put your feet in grass, go put your feet in the ocean or on the sand, touch a rock. Like we live in cities. So all we have is a lot of concrete and things like that for the most part, make sure that you get in touch with the earth from time to time. Uh, your body yeah. contains, uh, on an atomic level, we negative ions attached yeah. to us. And when you touch mm-hmm. the earth, like the magnetic field of the earth actually pulls those out of your body. So it, that really happens on a, on a physical thing, but also it's a mental thing. We evolved our human brains, n- no nature, and we often don't see enough of it. You can also do grounding through meditations or like a grounding exercise, um, which the most e- the easiest ones are to sit in a chair or, you know, sit cross-legged and lay down too. I just find sometimes the visuals a little easier sitting and put your feet, you know, flat, like firmly on the ground and envision roots growing out of the bottom of your feet down into the ground and anchoring you there, especially. So like I do that before readings. 
because otherwise it can drain me. That's the other thing. A spiritual work is tiring. It's exhausting. You're going to need a lot more sleep, a lot more water. You're going to probably be finding yourself craving healthy foods. It all comes along with it. Cause you're just like, I just realized that my body, my, my emotional body and your physical body, they're very linked. And I think we'll be seeing a lot of that kind of movement forward. I mean, you've probably already seen it uh, that, you know, three, four years ago, you didn't openly talk about spirituality. That wasn't mm-hmm. something that was done. Just like you didn't talk about therapy mm-hmm. and mental health. It was like hush, hush secret. But now people are like, oh, you know, this time today in meditation, mm-hmm. I went in and uh, a spirit guide came through and told me that I need to clean my house because if I don't clean my house, then I can't, I, that is a visual representation of my external world. Mm-hmm. I had that happen. Um, I mean, I've had mm-hmm. crazy, crazy experiences in meditation once I get in there, but it is very hard to do. And it does not happen on the first try, trying to be really patient with yourself, having a lot of compassion, <laughs> um, but remembering to ground yourself or doing activities that make you feel grounded is super important if you're going to be doing any kind of spiritual work. I did not listen in the beginning and I caused myself a lot of pain and trauma that I don't think I needed to do, Mm -hmm. That I there was an easier way. And I'm just saying that's the thing. If I, if I'd learned anything, which was grounding. So sometimes I drew a reading, if it takes a lot out of me, I will ground before and after. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or I will do meditation and yoga that day. Uh, (laughs) All of those are meditation, yoga, um, or I will get a stone that I can represent that physically feels like a thing for me. You know, like mm-hmm. I said, it's crystals. I'm not huge into them, but I do find that I'm connected to certain ones. And, but they often represent this, like an abstract idea that I can put into a concrete thing. When I'm holding this, my intention is to be grounded and calm. And that in and of itself, just shifting the inner world often shifts the whole experience. Mm-hmm. So definitely don't be afraid to explore go to your local mess physical shop. I'm sure they would love the business. Um, and they're all really helpful and friendly and be like, where's a good place to start? And they'll probably tell you, mm-hmm. um, just do your research to make sure that you're not jumping in on practices that are, like I said, culturally appropriate or not for you. Cause mm-hmm. there are a lot of those. Um, that's something I, I wish I knew more about. Like I said, I, I mostly dabble in Celtic, Italian and, uh, Roma practices mm-hmm. because that's my, that's my heritage you know, European traditions. I'm not over here trying to learn Egyptian mythology in particular, because I'm not, that's not me. Now, maybe if I find that I'm limited by all these, maybe I start educating myself in other practices. That is also good to do. And I do pay attention enough, you know, when somebody says, oh, this is my, my practices and this is what I do. I surround myself though, with people that do this, that are my checks and my balances. Cause you can end up so far off in your own head with spirituality that, you do almost can't, you can almost come unmoored at times from reality. And that's why the grounding is so important. It's like feet on the ground, head in the clouds. You want your head in the clouds because that's where there's all this power and this, these things that are beyond our human experience. But if we don't, we have to remember we have a corporeal body that needs to be taken care of. That's the other thing is a lot of us just don't take care of our bodies. I'm really guilty of it. And we, we have to remember that we have a meat suit that, that is facilitating this for all of us. <laughs> but really, at the end, take care of your meats. First off, if you're anxious, start there. Mm-hmm. Have you had a glass of water? Did you sleep last night? Sometimes it's not a spiritual answer. Sometimes it's literally, you're just, oh, I'm just tired. I mean, how many times have you been like, I don't know, I'm cranky and I'm irritable and something must be wrong. And is somebody sending me bad energy? And you're like, I'm just PMSing. Ooh. And you're like, oh, that was, that was why I was angry all week. Got it. Okay, cool story. Um, 
but like, for example, what like we were talking earlier about cycles, that is something that you could even utilize. You go, Oh, I'm always cranky and irritable during this type of this part of my cycle. So this is the time where I sit and I do my own thing. And maybe I meditate Mm -hmm. a lot and take a lot of baths and you're really easy and calm with yourself over that. Whereas the time when we have the most energy to be motivated to do things may be another part. And if you're, you know, and if you don't have a cycle or whatnot, it's the same thing. You can still tap into the moon cycle, even if you don't happen to have a uterus um, or a cycle yourself. You can go, oh, well, the new moon is a time for setting intentions. The full moon is we've now spent two weeks working on those intentions. And now we have to let, we have to like course correct what's not working, looking at where we failed, or maybe we set out with this intention and it's not working out how we thought we have to kind of stop and rethink and go introspection and go, "Mm, okay, I really thought that I was going to do this thing but it's not going to work. So I'm going to get rid of that. And I'm going to focus on what is working. And then you spend the next two weeks doing that. And hopefully your manifestation, you know, shows up by the end of the month or you see progress by the end of the month. Like the full moon is a course, correct moment. Where have I been off track? Cause you can see if you will. And you said we just had a full moon, full moon in Virgo yesterday. So the full moon energy lasts for three days. So if you're busy on the full moon, don't worry. And if all you can do on the full moon is a, fall in bed. That's mm-hmm. okay. You often will be emotionally heightened, more mm-hmm. tired. Um, some people love full moons. Some people really vibe with them. <laughs> it also depends on where they're happening. So this Virgo full moon, mm-hmm. um, I am taking it as like a lot mm-hmm. of us are feeling productive. Like we can actually put our energy towards things, but then the other part of us are going like realizing we're tired, we're drained, we're exhausted. Mm-hmm. And Virgo, one of its traits is to be of service. So I take that as, okay, it's a full moon, which is about releasing, but we need to release Virgo themes. So where are we, where do we give too much of ourselves? <laughs> where do we go above and beyond for people that don't appreciate us is a theme I've seen this week in my life, but also because Virgo full moon, it's like, where are we pouring ourselves into something what? that isn't any kind of return or where are we being a perfectionist and we need to chill the hell out? Like that is the theme of this weekend. Um, Like we're rarely a parent of those things that are not serving us become a parent in a full moon. Now, if you're on track and you're doing really well, you probably love full moons. Like when you're just in the flow and with it and you're like, I got this. Oh, okay. I'm a little emotional. Cool. Cry it out and I'll feel better tomorrow. Cause every time you cry, you're preventing an emotion from um, Mm -hmm. settling into your body. And then when it settles into your body is where you start seeing Wherever you're weak, your body will crumble. Yeah. So people that have, um, like, like we talked earlier, uh, back pain, low back yeah. pain. I, how is it? Let's see, mid back pain was guilt, feeling guilty. I felt guilty. I quit my job, so my low back freaked out. Um, and then I moved and was really overwhelmed and didn't know where I was going. I mean, I got approved yeah. for my apartment less than 12 hours before moving in. Wow. Like I was at the peak after four months of looking for an apartment and a place to live. Well, if my landlord's being like, when are you getting out? Cause my roommate moved out in the middle of all this. So I didn't have a second roommate like I was supposed oh. to, and they wouldn't approve anybody. And I was like, what do I do? I'd been so stressed for so long. And I finally got to this point where I just, I no longer felt supported by the universe, by the Holy world. I was shit. like, I've worked, I, I've done all this work and nothing has happened. Well, now I've been here a few months and my roommate's the best roommate I've ever had. Like we literally cook each other dinner on a regular basis. Like we share groceries. And I was like, wait, we just have like a functional relationship. This is what it's supposed to be like. (laughs) But I fought for six weeks to get this apartment. 
But it took me having this thing where, like I said, where my body gave out was I no longer felt supported because shoulders and like neck are like your ability to choose where you focus and your support systems. And I was like, (laughs) I felt like I had none of that. So that's what fell apart. Um, back in the day when I was working job after job after job that I didn't love, that wasn't for me, that wasn't in alignment with who I am. I was getting migraines at work constantly. And so it was that invalidating the self. I had years of headaches. And as soon as I stopped doing that and started being my authentic self, my headaches stopped after a decade of headaches. I've had three migraines in a year and a half, and I used to have them up to five days a week. Like it changes things. And sometimes all it is, is that awakening of like, what? I had a friend with kidney issues. Turns out kidneys represent trust and she never trusted her intuition. Soon as she started trusting her intuition, her kidney disease went in like a remission. (laughs) Not saying that there isn't a purpose for medical doctors, but sometimes we can come at it from more Eastern approaches, which, you know, if you, if you, anybody studies like Chinese medicine or Asian medicine, Eastern, um, it, it tends to address the emotional component rather than just the physical Western. We're very guilty of only addressing the physical symptoms, only the tangible Mm -hmm. things we can see. And they're like, "Mm, no, it's more than, more than that. Mm -hmm. Um, people that have vision problems, um, they tend to feel like they can't see options. Like they don't see a way forward. Um, Hearing is people are saying things that you need to hear, but you're ignoring them. (laughs) Like there's something that you need to be listening better. You need to be more in tune, whether that's listening to yourself or to the people around you that are telling you something that you need to hear. I had a friend that that was happening. Lex, you know who, but I'm not going to drop names. Um, And intermittent hearing problems. And I actually, I'm just now having this realization at this moment um, that I was telling him what he needed to do Mm -hmm. to help his life be better. And he was like, no, 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 I can't do any of it. I can't do any of it. And his hearing went out and he lost his hearing for a while. I'm just realizing that every time that happened, it was when I was usually giving advice. That's a trip. See, I have these moments too, where I'm like, wow, I didn't put two and two together from this event from five years ago, but now I see it. All I can say is that as this journey has progressed, the more I witness it firsthand, the more I believe, the crazier it gets. And to the point that sometimes it gets so crazy so fast that it almost scares me. Like the first time I astrally projected, I was not ready for that. Excuse me, what? Oh yeah, that, that's a thing too. Um, I've never been able to do it quite like that first time again but I ended up in my ex-boyfriend's house, a house I've never been to. Am I nuts? Like I actually went to friends and I made a joke. I was like, (laughs) either I'm nuts or I just astrally projected. And guess, and I actually ended up ending that friendship because they thought I was just nuts. Did you, but did you do it on purpose or it just happened? No, it just happened. How? How? Like you ever, do you ever just lose your... Like you'll be doing something tangibly. Maybe you're writing or maybe you're doing a chore or something. And you end Mm -hmm. up in that meditative space where you're like, you're not really seeing what's in front of you. You're just on autopilot. Or like, you know, those times when you're driving and all of a sudden you're like, I don't remember the last 15 minutes. Yep. (laughs) Um, Yep. Your brain is somewhere else. Right. Um, I also do. There is 
Astral projection is your consciousness being focused somewhere other than your body. When you think about it, that's really not that extreme. But there are times where like that one where it was so visceral that first time. I've never reoccurred. I've never had quite that reoccurring experience since. It's been a little bit more tame and a little more grounded than that time. But like I literally went into a house I'd never been into and was able to then look up the interior of the house on Zillow. And I was able to confirm that it was in fact the same house. But why, why did your mind take you to your ex-boyfriend? Because I was not over my ex at the time. I was just not over it at all. And I was desperately missing him. And to the point that my consciousness went to him, like he was there in that. I didn't start there. I like moved through the house. That's like how an ex-girlfriend will get in her car with her girlfriends and drive past her ex's house, but you literally went there. Okay, let's be real. I did that too. All right, I'm fine. I'm, I'm not. I'm not human too. But you know, no, you I have mean, to find it's closure more where you find closure. It's more efficient if you don't have to like get in the car, be responsible, put on I a seatbelt. I find a lot of um, a lot of my meditations, the better ones, that like the like the the good spiritually like woo woo meditations, like where I go talk to spirit guides and stuff. If I really get into it for those, that is absolutely astral projection. If you go into something like, have either of you heard of the Akashic Records before? No. Uh, They are supposedly a library of all that ever has happened and all that ever will happen. It's like the record of everything that's ever been. And that exists in another dimension on the Akashic plane. And so you you can go there and you can find your book. In meditations, there's lots of them. You can look on YouTube. It doesn't, doesn't even have to be complicated where from. So just find somebody whose voice you like. That's the other trick for meditation. If you do guided meditations or guided hypnosis, find someone whose voice does it for you. Like you're like, I love to hear them talk. And then just sit there and listen and close your eyes, get comfortable and see where you go. Um, I find some people can do this very easily. I had an ex-boyfriend. Um, I fall asleep to these kind of meditations a lot. And they, they're difficult for me to go in because my rumination gets in the way. But I put one on like the first or second night that my ex-boyfriend slept with me and like in my own bed. And I said, hey, do you mind if I put on a guided meditation? Helps me fall asleep. And he's like, oh yeah, no big deal. And I put on one that was an astral projection one. And he's like, I ended up out in the universe and the solar system. And why did you do that to me? You can never play one of those around me again. <laughs> like in his imagination. And that's the thing though, is I do believe that our imagination is how we project our consciousness. I don't think it's that crazy now that I've done it so many times. Every time you imagine you are projecting, like if you sit and imagine yourself, um, like somewhere you've been, maybe that you haven't seen a long time, a place you miss, close your eyes. Can you envision it? Yes. I don't even know. You're energetically there. Yes, I am. You're energetically there. And as far as I'm concerned, that is still a version of it. Now, a real, like real advanced, like you lose kind of connection almost with your body. Mm -hmm. You're not freaking here anymore, but I don't think that's necessarily the best way to go about it. Mm -hmm. It's better to be grounded and do it in kind of like, I like it when it almost feels more like a television. Like I'm watching a movie of it because I don't have to work so hard to get there, but I can get, still get the same information or the same visuals. Uh, there's just, just so, I don't even know where to start like, uh, or go anymore. There's so many things I've done past life regressions. Those are really cool. Um, like there's so many things out there. That's it is you can pick and choose what you want to learn how to do. 
what you want to participate in. It doesn't have to, there is no one size fits all answer to what is spirituality? What is witchcraft? What is astrology? You know, there's, they're all different modalities of it. Some people are astrologers. Some people are card readers, you know, other people read tea leaves. Some people read candles. So like after you burn a candle, for example, the patterns of stuff in it can mean things. Um, so like Mm -hmm. if it's, if you burn a candle and it's like black all the way down to the bottom, that candle didn't work. You have to redo it for example. Um, whereas if it's like clear glass, then you know, it worked, or maybe it's black at the top, but then it's clear at the bottom. It means it worked through some stuff and now it's good. So there's like, just, it's an infinite thing. Like the more you, the more you read about it, the more you learn about it, the more you're like, I know nothing. My candles are full of darkness. Sounds like you got some unblocking to do. I, Definitely. 100%. We all do that for the record. Everybody has some kind of trauma. Everybody has some kind of blockage. And the people that are like, I don't know, everything is great. I'm fine. I don't have any work to do on myself. We all know that they are usually the ones with the most work to do. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. 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 100%. So where can people find you if they want to connect with you? Uh, My Instagram is the Wayfinders Path. Uh, You can also find me on Facebook as Wayfinders Tarot. I will probably have some websites and stuff coming soon, but you know, it's one of those things like I'm still a human being in a pandemic and it's a lot of work. So, Oh yeah. That's the other thing to always remember that if, Oh, I can't be spiritual today. (laughs) Well, yeah, neither can I every day. There's lots of days where I cannot get in. I can't, no matter what I do, I sit down and meditate and I just get angry and I go walk away and I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know what? I'm just going to watch a movie and chill today because there's no point in frustrating yourself, trying to be this high vibration person every day. It's more about just, acknowledging where you're at going, is there anything I can do to improve where I'm at at this moment? And if it's Mm -hmm. not something you can take action on in this moment, let it go. Like you just, you don't want to hold that in. Like if you're crying, okay, well, why is that a bad thing? It's not let it through. That's the biggest thing I'd I'd say that human that plagues humanity is that we don't allow ourselves to feel our emotions. We just push them down and push them. And when you shove them down, it's the same thing as those shadows. You're not acknowledging that part of you that's saying, I'm hurt. Can somebody give me comfort? And you're literally telling this small child version of you like, "Mm, no, I don't have time to deal with you. You're literally telling yourself you don't have time to deal with yourself. If a friend treated you like the way you treat yourself, how would you feel about it? Kill that bitch. This is the part where our lawyers asked us to interject and say that we here at the Peony do not condone murder or any kind of violent crimes or felonies. Please don't do it. Thank you. So that's the, that is also step one is self-care is huge. Like, what do you need to do to feel your best self? Because you cannot create and move forward. You cannot simultaneously do like It's like, you can't go clean up a mess and be building something new at the same time. You sometimes Mm -hmm. have to clear the mess before you can build. And that feels bad because you're like, I just want to move forward. Well, you're Mm -hmm. actually just, you have to, you have to do that. Like there's, we're in this stage though, where we're all out, we're all out of our comfort zone. Just in the fact that the world is no longer familiar. None of it is. And we all have, I mean, you can look at any expert scientific or otherwise, it'll be like, uh, this is we're not going to be like this forever, but there's going to be a new normal. Things aren't going to be the same again. And that's hard for people, especially the people that get stuck in that energy really easy. The people that are, have a hard time moving forward, they were going to go, but what I had worked for me, well, it maybe didn't work, but like I wasn't dying. 
Like I was alive and then the ego mm-hmm. it's, it's, we have to remember to separate from our ego as much as possible. Cause it, if you are living an ego led life, you will be unhappy. Mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. to acknowledge it. Yeah. You know, you definitely, you want to, um, you have to, you can't just dis- disregard it. That's the important. A lot of people go, Oh, well, I'm never going to be in that. And then they end up in this toxic positivity, love and light energy, or like you ever had a friend that's like, you can't be in a bad mood today. Come on, just pick up and perk up. And you're like, I can't just do that. It doesn't work that way. That's them literally denying the existence of bad feelings is just as damaging as like being stuck in those feelings. Yeah. I, I know of so many people who their parents did that, use that kind of language. Yeah. Like that, I, that's, that's huge. I mean, and like I said, if you look at like the astrology of like a lot of our parents who are Gen Xers and boomers, mm-hmm. they literally are more stuck in their ways in a lot of cases. Like I said, the Gen Xers, they're just like, I don't know. I just want everything to be nice. And they just tried to peace keep as much as possible. And they were stuck between us angry millennials and stubborn and staunch boomers because what's before boom, uh, I'd have to look it up. I, as I said, I, I forget the exact math of like when these years are, but if you go mm-hmm. look up the years mm-hmm. that those things change, they do correspond with things. Um, you can also look at cities and places like Los Angeles is the most Aries thing I've ever seen in my life. It has six <laughs> placements in Aries. Oh my God. <laughs> Doesn't that answer a lot? Holy shit. Well, you told us earlier that the U S is a cancer and I was like, the U S is a cancer. Y- yeah. Um, the progressive party <laughs> is a cancer. What? Do you know what London is? I could look it up. I'm curious now. And I, the, between that and New York, I'm like, wait, all right, this is good. You guys talk for a minute while I look this when up. When you say you're, yes. When you say you are, your gentleman friend is in the UK. What part do you mean? Like somewhere in England, Scotland, Ireland, uh, just outside LA or I'm sorry, just outside mm-hmm. London, uh, Northampton. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful there. I've never been, but it's weird too. Like the, co- you ever just notice how much there's way too much coincidence these days. Just like it's, it's unnecessary amounts. Like I'll start dating somebody and he'll end up having like, the same job as my roommate. And so I end up being able to give the same advice to like four friends simultaneously all at once. It makes my life so much easier or like all of my friends will have relationship problems on the same weekend. Like last weekend, that was huge. Uh, we had, (laughs) if your relationships really just fell apart, Mm. um, that was because we had a Venus and Mars opposition. I think it was no Venus Mm -hmm. and Mars square. So that standoff energy between Venus feminine uh, love, desire, what we want and Mars conflict, taking action. So we were like feeling like this standoff between the masculine and feminine and between what we want and how we go about getting it. And that was last week. So you might see those themes in your, like in play in your yes. life. Cause that was, you know, the teens, 20, early twenties of February. I have to look up when London was founded First. I would like to know that as and well. Lex, do you here. happen to know? I don't. I can look it up. But I also, it's also a tricky question because there's like London proper, which is like a one mile. That's what I was wondering about LA. Like, is it the county or is it the city of? LA and I have the same birthday, fun fact. Oh, what? Yep. April 4th. 1844, 1854, something like that. Wow. I have to look it up again. Wow. 
And I'm like, that makes sense. Why I've always resonated with like, why does LA feel like home? Well, because it is, yeah. but also like I, we literally have the same birthday and all this Aries. I'm like, Oh, so Aries, but obviously London's really old. So this is like, but yeah, you can do for an event, like the day you met a significant other, you can look at the chart of that day and see like maybe some things that could factor in with your relationship. Uh, you know, some people go really far and they'll be, they'll ask like an astrologer to look at the best day for them to get married for prosperity mm. and happiness. Oh, they'll make sure to find a day that doesn't have any like harsh aspects on it. Mm. How important is time? Cause I know a lot of charts ask you to do like a specific birth time. So time does matter in particular because it affects your, the moon changes. Well, the moon changes signs every like Mm-hmm. two days, two and a half days. Um, but there are part, your ascendant changes like every other hour or something like that. So it, it really can matter. The ascendant is the big one. Cause that's such a huge part of you. But if you don't know the time, but you kind of know like mm-hmm. who you are, you can kind of sometimes reverse engineer that a little be like, Oh, I'm definitely not a Virgo ascendant, but I no, I could be a Leo ascendant. That makes sense. Interesting. Um, but the time it does matter. The time you need time, place of mm-hmm. birth too. Because if I, you know, my chart would be different if I was born at the exact same mm-hmm. moment in time, but I was born in in like the UK yeah. versus here. It does make a difference because the time changes. Yeah. And remember, the birth chart is the perspective of yeah. the solar system or the universe, depending. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that aren't quite based in yeah. science that are like theoretical points. Um, but a lot of them are also based off of the yeah. plans. Um, let's see. Oh, I think I might've found it. Somebody else probably already figured it out. Yeah. I just, I just Googled what sign is London and I got Gemini. This is on Atlas Obscura, how to discover your city's star sign. Uh, London is a Gemini is what this is saying. I don't, but I don't know what year they're using. Yeah. So that it depends. So like in that case, yes, you in theory could look that up, but I would need the information to do so. Mm -hmm. Um, like I said, and somebody who practices astrology more extensively can go Mm -hmm. way deep into these charts. I mean, you could just look at your birth chart and probably talk about just a birth card alone for 12 hours or more with somebody who knows what they're doing. I mean, it is some crazy stuff, even just the cursory stuff that I can see knowing only the basics, uh, Mm -hmm. I can talk about usually birth chart for about an hour. And after that, I'm like, okay, now I'm grasping at straws and I'm kind of guessing <laughs> like, cause I, <laughs> I get to a point where my knowledge doesn't quite match up. Although I often do mm-hmm. find out that it, there's something intuitive about it too. Like, so you can do that about a person with cards too. You could lay out like, how am I emotionally? How am I this? And the cards can tell you a lot. I've found mm-hmm. too. So it's just, and it's a practice, all of it. You know, I try to tell people never to take just one source. Like don't take everything I say as, concrete fact, go fact check, be skeptical, go talk to another person. You, you know, there are mm-hmm. people out there that make mistakes. I'm human. I make mistakes. I can misinterpret cards. Uh, there was a time where I was anticipating like a, a situation with an ex where I thought, I thought that like the thing blocking us from being together was going to be alleviated on this date. It was July 2nd. That was because one of my cards that I had pulled literally had dates assigned to it. And then we ended up breaking up on July 2nd. It was, it was a, it was that energy of this blockage being removed, but it wasn't what I thought that it was telling me this one source. Like, don't take everything I say as concrete fact, go fact check, be skeptical, go talk to another person. 
you, you know, there are people out there that make mistakes. I'm human. I make mistakes. I can misinterpret cards. Uh, there was a time where I was anticipating like a, a situation with an ex where I thought, I thought that like the thing blocking us from being together was going to be alleviated on this date. It was July 2nd. That was because one of my cards that I had pulled literally had dates assigned to it. And then we ended up breaking up on July 2nd. It was, it was a break. It was that energy of this blockage being removed, but it wasn't what I thought that it was telling me this card called the tower, which is a big doozy of an energy. If you've ever heard of it before, but it's basically the tower was 2020 energy. Lightning strikes down from the heavens and says, you can no longer stay here. And everybody jumps out of this burning building. But what ends happening is this was a building that needed to be demoed anyway, kind of an energy. And then you have to kind of make peace with where the pieces fall afterwards. That's where we're at right now is the post tower energy. Okay. The pieces we're finding where all the pieces have fallen, what our life actually looks like, what the world actually looks like. We're being like the real skeleton of the structure has been revealed for what it is. And it looks like it's flawed. So we're, that's why this year we keep having these moments where we're like, nope, keep tearing it down. We still haven't gotten to the core problem mm -hmm. yet. And that's very uncomfortable for a lot of people. It's not as heavy this year as it was last year, but it's still a lot. It's just this, it, we all have these couple of little things, but right now the best thing you can do is ch manually choosing, making the choice to go, okay, I could look at all the things that are wrong in the world and be really overwhelmed. And they, and they are justifiably overwhelming. Like we're still having bombings. There's still kids in cages. We still don't have a stimulus check. Like everything is still rough in a lot of ways, but it's looking towards yeah. what is still standing is important big time. What is still standing and making that the focal point of our attention because there's, we can't fix these things that are already spilled. It's don't cry over spilt milk. It, it is done. These things suck. Now, what can you do to actually change it? You can sit there and cry about it and be upset and argue with people on the internet all day, but is that actually going to change anything? It's not. You're going to yeah. need to go, okay, well, I don't like how this world's going, but what can I do? And a lot of us go, I don't know if I can do anything. Well, show up in your, well, your way. You know, for me, that is doing tarot that is doing spiritual work that is showing people that you can make a living as an artist that your creative impulses are are valid yeah. that is like a calling for me is to show people that you can do anything you want to be that trailblazer mm -hmm. in that case but that's also in my astrology i'm an aries which is the right. leader well not just the leader but they're the one that starts shit they start it they're not always very good at following through on it, but they will definitely put the spark under it and light the match. They are fire starters. They light fires under people's asses. They're the ones that will have the idea for the project and be like, let's get it going. And then in the perfect world, they give that to somebody else who then follows through. Um, or maybe they have their other parts of their energy that they can tap into for that sustenance. But I have a Leo moon, which is, yeah. uh, can be a bit performative. It can be, um, like I said, it's somebody who's outspoken, that's somebody who's in the spotlight too. I mean, being the center of focus up on the pedestal, that is Leo energy. You look, you look at the lion and you don't, you know, the lion is there. Like it's very hard for a Leo to be obscure. Even though sometimes that's what they want. That's really funny when you get the, the ones like that, where they're like, I just want to not be in focus, but somehow everybody looks to me to be a leader. Like you've probably met those people too. They might have more of like a Leo moon or some of those inner ones or something else blocking. Um, Cause you can have that, like you can have a square in your own chart that makes it harder for you to tap into an energy. 
it like I said, that's why I was like, CoStar only tells you a teeny tiny bit, and it's even somewhat scientifically on it, like not scientifically, but like astrologically inaccurate to begin with. So you can use it, but take it with a grain of salt. Always check, and that's in general. Just always check your sources. If you see the same mm-hmm. thing from three different sites, then you probably can be like, yeah, that's probably true. You know, don't feel afraid to go check somebody else's work. And then of course, above all, check everything you receive above your, like to your intuition. Yeah. Like you, I believe in being a natural skeptic because it's important because otherwise you can end up down this rabbit hole where you're now paying for a $3,000 healing that you don't really need that you could do on your own. Now, don't get me wrong. Are there healers out there that could do that? Yes. And could maybe do that, help you accelerate your growth. Yes. But be careful. I've had a lot of friends who got kind of drank drink the Kool-Aid on spirituality and didn't ground themselves. And then all of a sudden they're like paying hundreds of dollars for readers or giving them really bad advice. Or like, if you, if somebody ever says, if you don't pay this much, your situation will never change. They are somebody to avoid. Anytime they're like, you must pay me to fix this problem. Somebody who says I could probably help you with this. Like it's a problem you already know about. Like this is, that can be fine. But if somebody's saying, if you don't hire me, and then this will happen. That is always a practitioner to avoid, mm. period. That is not how this works. Like, I believe people deserve to be paid for their time because it takes my time and energy to read for somebody. Or it takes, you know, they deserve that, but there is a line. And of course, you don't get to make calls about what somebody else has decided their value is worth, but always check yourself. Don't think that you have to go out and drop thousands of dollars or you have to go buy a thousand dollar crystal to be able to tap into your intuition. You need to go buy a big amethyst to keep in your house. No, it doesn't. It's not needed. If you want to, because that you feel connected to that stone and you have the money and you feel like it, go for it. I just went to a stop today and I just bought another deck. I have like 20 of them. I don't need more, but that one caught my eye. So I said, okay, I'm gonna grab this. So it's like, you don't have to spend a lot of money. You don't have to spend anything. You need pen, a paper. I'd say that's pretty essential, like being able to write things out hmm. or a computer of some kind. I'm, you know, it's a little bit more analog, tends to be the spiritual pagan end of things, but you don't even have to. You can use modern technology as the gift that it is as well. So you could do that. Um, like I said, you can get herbs out of your kitchen if you decide to go into herbalism. Rosemary is protection. So if you're ever feeling like just having a really rough day or like a full moon like this, I tell people go get um, salt out of the kitchen, any kind of salt, the more natural salt it can be, or if it's like black salt, any nice finishing salt will usually do the trick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But put salt in the bathtub with some rosemary and light a white candle. And that is your basic protection bath. That will cleanse your energy of, because salt is purification. Rosemary is protection. Uh, If you're feeling anxious, throw some lavender in the bathtub. I mean, I think even things like aromatherapy, you say what you will, but if every time I smell lavender, I feel calmer, it freak, it works. So it doesn't matter about like, the, it's just what works for you on a personal level. I'm so speechless. I'm never speechless, but I just like have so much to now take away <laughs> and like think about. It's, it's a lot. And I spend most of my time like being like, okay, what's next? And sometimes I forget, just mm-hmm. sit with where you are. Everything's fine. It's going to work out. And, and that's something that you can notice too in your headspace that if you start to make that shift, if you start, when you start to get some of that gunk out of your energy field, all of a sudden you're like, man, life is easy now. I mean, like, really, it's really not that hard. 
You're just like, I, I, we have all this stuff from a lifetime of our world, of our society telling us what the world is and none of it's true anymore. That's the one thing I just want to push into everybody's brain. Two years ago, you know, quitting your job and doing your artsy career. Yeah. It may not have been all that feasible because that wasn't the energy of the world, but it is now. Like if you can dream it, it can happen now. I, I don't know how to say that more. There is literally, there is no ceiling anymore. The structure has been built up. We just have open skies. And even the sky is not the limit because it's Aquarius. So we might as well go out into the universe because <laughs> that's what they like. Yeah. Anyway. They're usually not of this earth to begin with. Can confirm. And that's what we have to kind of think in our headspace is that we have to think possibilities beyond just the human condition. Like, what if? Because yeah. it's true. I mean, what if you could quit mm-hmm. your job and become an artist? Has anybody ever done that before? Yeah. How many people have done it? How many of these people going like they didn't find their career path till their thirties, which that's also an astrology thing. Uh, you go through your Saturn returns about 28, 31, 29 to 31, give or take, and your whole life turns upside down. Anybody who's in their thirties is like, yeah, that happened. Yeah. This is your Saturn return. It is the reckoning of all the limitations you've put yourself on for the last 28 years of your life. So it's basically a one, it's your first Saturn birthday. Saturn's back in the same place in the solar system it was when you were born. And it's now like, what have you learned? Existential dread. (laughs) (laughs) But that's basically what it puts you through for your Saturn return. And it's brutal. Don't get me. Mine was the last two and a half years. Mine just ended. So then why are we made to choose our careers or our colleges or whatever when we're 18? Why can't we? Because you have to sustain yourself. And you also will say everything you ever did job-wise you probably took one of those skills into what you end up doing long-term. Yeah. Like for me, I'm, I was in customer service. So I learned how to talk to people. I bartended, I waited tables. So I learned how to talk to strangers. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to be a very shy kid. Not by when I was very little, I was not shy. And then everybody mm-hmm. told me to be quiet. So I got shy. And uh-huh. then I had to unlearn that as an adult, yeah. but I always needed that like facilitator, but I was like, I'm a bartender. I'm going to talk to anybody. And so that actually let me become more gregarious and more open as a person. So it wasn't a bad thing. It also taught me how to multitask, how to handle myself under pressure. You know, then my next job after that, uh, I was in hospitality for a while and I had to learn how to be like really diplomatic when people are freaking out. That is still something I have to use all the time because I can't tell you how much the cards are not always nice. I got to tell people things in really diplomatic ways. Otherwise they're not going to be able to hear it. Mm -hmm. Tarot has a big attitude. I was literally reading for somebody the other day who was dealing with like a, a death in the family and the death card came out. I'm like, come on. Oh my goodness. I'm like, why would you do this to me? Like, I was like, oh fuck. Okay. I'm like, I I'm sorry in advance. Um, like thanks for being, the cards are not tactful. Okay. Oracle cards are nice. Generally speaking, they're, they're like, you got this. You're okay. And tarot cards are like, bitch, get your shit together. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, got it. They're like your, they're like your snarky grandma. The tarot, yeah. tarot itself is very, um, very blunt energy. Some decks are nicer than others, but it, it can, it, it's, it'll read you to fill. Let me just put it that way. If you get yourself a tarot deck and pull yourself a card, expect to be read to fill. Um, but there's this, like, you have to keep unpacking what you've done, but usually everything that happens up to your Saturn return had a purpose. Things happen for a season, a reason, or a lifetime. So you got to keep in mind that like maybe, so I ended up in social media because it was adjacent to photography. I could only get a photography job if I was in social media. 
but now I know how to run and grow social media for any project I do. And then my photography jobs evolved beyond just social media into actual online marketing. So now when I finally finished my tarot deck, I know how to set up a Facebook ad and market it. So like the skills are there, they're built in. Yeah. But anyway, I have all the the, uh, skills now that I need to do whatever project I want to do. I did spend like six months going, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know. I don't know. And I just kind of was like, okay, just go do anything you can do to be in a good headspace today. That was what I did all last year. I was like, okay, I'm going to get plants. Got it. Plants are good energy. I'm going to surround myself with plants. No, I wasn't the only one. Um, and then I started, I was like, okay, I need a creative hobby. So I picked up fire fans and started learning how to like dance with fire fans. Um, that's now something I totally plan on doing professionally when this is all done. And I want to go, go, go dance. And I'm in my thirties. I don't care. I can be a performer. Mm -hmm. Like, why not? Let me get this straight. We've been talking for over two hours and you (laughs) just bring up fire fans. What? (laughs) Actually, that's one of my very favorite things. Um, so you can light the fans on fire, but you don't always have to do them with fire. Obviously I'm in the house. Most of the time we're not doing fire. Um, but it's called flow arts and it's this whole world I didn't even know about. And I found out literally the first person I hung out with my first quarantine buddy and my, like my pod that I had, Mm -hmm. she's like, I'm doing, I got these. Do you want to try these? I'm like, hell yeah, that looks fun. And now a year later, I'm like really into it. And it's now just one more thing. It's also the thing that I do on like TikTok because it's visually creating. So it's like, I'm like, oh, anybody I do there, maybe it'll just flow to my other businesses. I also, how many times did we have, were we told that we could only do one thing? We had to pick a job. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I don't have to do one thing. I realized I've been trying to pick the one thing I put all my energy behind yeah. for the last six months. And it's only been in the last few weeks that I'm like, I don't have to pick. There's ebbs and flows in all these industries. So mm-hmm. I might as well have something else to work on while I'm like, right now, I'm not working photography because we've been kind of locked down. I have mm-hmm. a little bit of it here and there, but it's not like how it used to be. And I used to stress myself out when that got a slow season. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a slow season. So go do some artwork. And once things open again, once bars are allowed to be open, uh, every Friday and Saturday night, there's going to be some kind of club that needs somebody like, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, Oh, so I could go get paid to just go do that thing I do for fun anyway. Why not? So it's just right now, right. This year is a great year to be like, why not? Let me see if I can do this thing. 2021, the why not year. Cause at this point we are all just biding our time until something opens up or otherwise. So we might as well like work towards something. So it's just a matter of, do you want to hold out and go back into the world as you knew it before all of this? I don't in your headspace or go out and just live your truth. Exactly. That's the decision we're all facing. And it is, I know, I know it's heavy, but it's just like, do, do you just want to go back to where, and those people that maybe had good lives and things were working for them, or maybe they're a little older and they've already been settled. Yeah. Maybe they just want to go back to their life. They probably won't get it. Not in the way they think it will be. Cause even if after this, even if you have been like grounded in who you were this whole time and didn't change a lot, you can count on everybody around you having changed. And so your relationships aren't going to be the same. When you go and hang out with your friends again, you're going to have to re-meet all of your friends again because they are not the same people they were a year ago any more than you are. So many of my friends are pregnant. So many. (laughs) I'm finding people that are pregnant and I'm like, I didn't see that one coming. Like it's always from the people that surprise me. I'm like, oh, okay. 
And the amount of people that are like, I am no longer, uh, I quit my job and now I travel the world for a living, even if they're, you know, it's a pandemic, but there's still people that are doing that. The amount of people that ended up switching into like RVs yeah. and are now just living on the road. That's a thing. It's, and because we realized we're like, wow, okay, we've had the internet for 20 years. I know that it's only been a little over 20, maybe 30 years now that we've had the internet. Late 80s, right? I got it. I got it in 96 is when I had access to it. But that's not that long ago for this thing that changed the entire world. No. And we're forgetting that there's all this new, there also was something for the record, I forget what it is, but there was some big astrology thing that happened in the 90s that correlated with like the invention of the internet. That was an Aquarius-based thing. So it was invented in 1983. So you just did the Google fact check on that. There was, there was something that like when we saw the, um, a big surgence of the nineties, that like sudden abundance and growth, like the economic boom that happened in the nineties, mm-hmm. that was during mm-hmm. like an astrology thing that was, I read it the other day. I wish I could remember what it was, but it was like energy that's available this year was that too. Oh, so like oh. we have lots of growth and lots of uh, expansion and expansion through technology in particular. And then the reckoning, the human reckoning of what happens with that. That's what it was. It was this Saturn Uranus thing. It was um, that we basically had the internet and then Mm. there was like, well, what do we do with it now? So we have all this new technology and we go, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of responsibility behind this. What do we do with this now? We can make crazy filters that change how people look, but we also created this whole problem of now bigger self-esteem issues with it. Like it's cool, but like, does it actually benefit? And I think we're all looking at the technology around us going, is this for our benefit? Is this something I should do? It's why a lot of people are like, okay, I love social media because I can connect with people in this time of isolation, or I can grow my business, even though I'm just working from home. But I also have to have balance and boundaries and stuff about it. So it's like, we're trying to find even footing while we're being pulled in multiple directions. Mm -hmm. And if you're feeling like you're being spread thin, pulled in multiple directions, you're exhausted and you're tired congratulations, you're a human being living through this. Like that's normal, but trying to focus on the good, despite that, yes, there are bad things. Like I'm going to show you guys, I know your people in the podcast can't read it, but like, see how there's like more cups spilt than there are ones standing. It's like, yeah, there's more bad in the world, but that's not where the potential comes from. The potential comes from those cups that still have stuff in it. Yeah. You also don't know how much is in those cups. I'm going to say more than like, exactly. It's like, it's, a lot of demo has been done in the last year. And so a lot of us are only looking around going at destruction, Mm -hmm. but what every one of those destructions is, is it been demo to expose a problem like last week with the the second Saturn Uranus square. Look at what happened to Texas. The old technology, not supporting the newer versions of humanity, like the problems with our technology and where outdated systems no longer serve the collective and only serve the few. That is a huge theme this year. And we're seeing that in our inner lives and our outer lives. And so if we're constantly being like, nope, nope, I know I'm feeling lost and no, I'm feeling like I can't do this, but I'm going to keep looking towards what I have left. That's it. What is still standing? What friendships are still standing? Cause a lot of us don't have that many of them. I'll be honest. Um, I lost a lot of friends in the last year. A lot of friends. I lost family in the last year. Like it has not been, it has been a year and a half about or so now almost of just loss. And I'm like, it's hard to stay positive in that, but you have to look to what you still have. Yeah. You still have your life, a body, 
hopefully wherever you're staying, you know, making the best of what it's making the best of a shit sandwich. Like it is what it is, but like, we got to make the best of where we're at right now. And we have to go, okay, I'm uncomfortable. So I'm going to use that to motivate myself to become even more where I want to go. The discomfort, if, I think there's an old quote, it's like, um, but contentment breeds complacency. We wouldn't be motivated yeah. to change if things were easy right now. We wouldn't be, mm-hmm. if our jobs worked for us, we weren't looking for new ones. Mm-hmm. So just remember that every time you're feeling that discontent, that stress and anxiety, that is your body telling you this needs to change. Like this is the part of your, your life isn't working. And if you want, you can always look up in like a book like that. Uh, like you can heal your life where you can go, okay, what's my body trying to tell me if it's not a clear answer. Cause that is your body. So being like, I tried to tell you logically, but you didn't listen. So I'm going to show you. But then we don't have that knowledge of our body. It's not something that's taught in schools. Hey, you know, if your back hurts, you're feeling guilty over something. What? Like that's not, that doesn't, that's not an intuitive piece of knowledge that you would just know on your own. Like, why would you? But then you realize it and you're like, damn, okay. That's not wrong. Lungs is in an inability. Like, so people like COVID that I find is really particularly interesting is like with COVID it's, you know, it's the lungs. It attacks the lungs And that's our ability to take in life, like to enjoy our lives and being present in the moment. And most people aren't present, but damn it, if COVID won't make you present and make you go, wow, like whether it's you or somebody near you having it, it makes you stop and and appreciate life more, appreciate what you have. You know, sometimes we, a lot of people are like, they say they don't pull themselves out of their rock bottom until they have like a truly traumatic event or like a near-death experience, things like that, that makes people go, oh, I needed that wake-up call. And 2020 is the wake-up call for a lot of us. And that's why we were able to change the politics, why why we were able to shift left, because people woke up and started to get it. Whereas four years prior, they were so in this capitalism, which capitalism and Capricorn is just tied. I don't know what else to say, but it is. Um, Socialism is cancer energy. Capitalism is Capricorn energy. Like it just, it just is, you know, it's because that's Capricorn rules money. It's the pinnacles. It's, it's, it's our foundations. It's how we make a living. It's corporations, big structures. So we have to be looking at it's this year's theme is humanitarian efforts for the collective. Not really an emotional component quite as much though. Like it's kind of detaching from our emotions for the better of everything a little bit, because if we just let ourselves be in, caught up in our emotions, we, it's not processable. It really isn't to think about like how numb we've become is actually, it's a coping mechanism, but then look and go, where can I do good in the world? And usually whatever you're being called to do tends to give you a little insight on that. And once again, look at your North node. If you want to know what your soul's highest calling is, um, that can be really insightful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to ask you about that. I looked it up earlier and I was like, wait. <laughs> yeah, 10th house is and what how you tend house, to have so careers. Like, Who are you? Um, 7th house is relationships. Okay. So uh, like I have Saturn in my 7th. I've been chronically single pretty much my entire life. And relationships never work for me. And the uh-huh. first time I ever had astrologer look at my chart, she was like, just so you know, you probably won't find your person till later in life. Saturn in the 7th means you usually won't find anybody till at least after your Saturn return. I met somebody three days after my Saturn return ended that feels like genuinely, (laughs) 
have had healthy relationships the for fuck? the most part. Potentially, <laughs> this UK maybe. guy? We'll I don't know. It's kind of one of those things we don't really talk about it because we can't do anything right now. But it's like, yeah, I don't want to talk to them more than I talk to anybody else. And I'm like, who knows? Maybe I'll have an awesome quarantine yeah, love story. We write yeah. the story and we all become millionaires. Because yeah. <laughs> that is the most 2020 <laughs> thing ever. Yeah. You were crying That's... and lonely. So you went on an app and swiped. It yes. was like a fantasy. It was literally yes. the, the, <laughs> the app was like for just exchanging fantasies on like a little bit more of a, like a sexy based app kind of thing but it lets you swipe anywhere for anybody yeah. on the app that happens to also go into that room. And I was just like, I hate everybody in LA and I don't like it here and I'm miserable. So I just want to talk to somebody different tonight. <laughs> Wasn't expecting to make someone who at the bare minimum is going to be a lifelong friend as far as I'm concerned. Like who would have thought, but we also been getting through each mm-hmm. other through stuff because uh, oh, we have yeah. sunshine here and I, I have to remind myself to be grateful for that, that our weather is chill compared to a lot of places like that. We can go outside and go for a walk in December. So taking, it's just those little things like you have to, you have to rest just as much as you strive for success. And it's just been, I see it in my life. Like I see the pieces and I will say knowing what I do about the astrology of the next few weeks and of March and things like that. Actually, let me look at my calendar really quick again because I wrote it all down. Like what's coming up. Let's see. After this podcast is going to be posted, what do we have in play? Um, Big one. We have new moon in Pisces on the 13th, which is also the last day or is the day that Mercury retrograde will clear its shadow or Mercury clears its retrograde shadow. So, Game is on after March 13th, big time. Um, and if it doesn't, and, and like, you're going to see massive amounts of movement, new growth, um, lots of changes and whatever intentions you set around that time, there's probably going to be about a week while you're kind of figuring out how to get the ball rolling there. And then on the 20th, the sun enters Aries mm-hmm. out of Pisces, right? Pisces season isn't really a time for action. Pisces season is a time for dreaming and thinking things through, coming up with ideas, fleshing out those ideas in your brain. Um, but yeah, big dates this month are the 13th for the new moon in Pisces, as well as Mercury retrograde has cleared its shadow and we don't have to deal with that for another few months. Thank God. Um, the sun goes out of cryy, weepy, <laughs> but spiritually powerful Pisces into fiery energetic Aries. But on that same day, the sun that enters Aries also is going to have Venus, which is what we desire conjunct Chiron. And I haven't mentioned Chiron yet, but Chiron is the wounded healer in mythology. This is our deepest soul wounds. Mm -hmm. So I would expect there to be some kind of like what you want, how you get it. And what action you take towards it with a big ouch. Like there's a big window for healing, I think, there to like realize like this is not something I'm doing anymore. Like there's a very final like first day of the new chapter, first day of new energy. And you're like, I am not taking the shit anymore kind of energy is how I kind of feel that could be. But it may be a bit more painful for you. There may also be a lot of relationship conflicts around the 20th of March. Um Venus sun conjunct Chiron. That one's just going to hurt. Like I'm I'm not going to tell you it's nice, but I think it will also open a lot of things. And then the next day Venus also enters Aries. So you will probably be seeing a lot more assertiveness in 
in your relationships. You will be going after what you want aggressively. And then the last thing we have on the month, let's see, we also have a full moon in Libra on March 28th. Um, so that's going to be probably, mm-hmm. how do I explain that one? Full moon in Libra. That's like a, it's that diplomatic energy. It's, it's kind of, it's air, but it's kind of a dreamy romantic one. So that might be kind of a nicer moon, but I, I it's a little too soon to say, cause it's so far out. Um, and I think that's mostly it. Um, expect maybe some insightful dreams on March 30th as well like communications through dreams or like sharing your dreams with somebody ends up being, um, a theme on the 30th. Cause we have Mercury and Neptune conjunct as well. Mm-hmm. So there's a few things in play this month, but we have, I would expect between now and the end of the month, I would expect to have a lot more energy, a lot more motivation. I also expect a lot of things opening up again, like less restrictions, more um, movement being allowed. Maybe there's travel bans lifted, um, which I actually know that's for a fact. Like I, I mean, we've been talking about London, but I know that flights are returning to London because I have a flight attendant aunt and they're starting again next month. So you'll probably be seeing wow. less restrictions. You'll be probably continuing COVID numbers dropping. Uh, it's pretty much good things next month. Like next month is yeah. like a get the ball rolling kind of month. Finally. <laughs> Happy one year anniversary of our two week quarantine. <laughs> I just do not want to be dealing with another quarantine birthday. You guys, mine was in the first couple of weeks of quarantine yeah, and it, it was not nice. Yeah. But to take a note from Chanel's book, like looking at the positive, like at mm-hmm. least in the grand scheme of pandemics, a year you made it isn't that uh, that's the worst yeah that's true that's true sometimes they last like 15 years decades yeah holy shit i feel like the longest i forget which one it is but i feel like the longest plague was maybe like close to three decades maybe longer i don't know i feel like i, I looked know. this up because time just froze last year at some point for me and i was yeah. like how long has it been What's the average on these things? What's the average? Oh, God. And it's just like, meh, meh. Yeah. And well, that's it. We don't know anymore because of the growth of technology and how things have changed in humanity. Yeah. I mean, it's still, to think that we didn't have computers a generation ago is kind of still mind-boggling a bit. Yeah. Like, it's... Wow. I mean, I remember, like, as a kid, we had a typewriter. We didn't have... A computer. I mean, we eventually got one, but I remember for a while it was like sort of half and half. Like half of my friends in school had either had a typewriter or the other half had computers. Some didn't have either. Like, and now to think we're at this place where I would say most households we're doing remote school. Yeah, that wouldn't have even been feasible five years ago. What would we have done had this come? Like, I know. I mean, if this had happened when we were kids, like there just wouldn't be school like it like the world would have just stopped i feel like well or what would have happened is what happened with the spanish flu which was half of the people didn't believe in anything and made it worse and the doctors and nurses were all exhausted and the rest of us were like i don't know i'm just kind of trying to get through my life day to day Hmm, sounds familiar Hmm. sounds familiar (laughs) which i i was even reading something yesterday that that's actually like that's kind of like that is actually a symbolism of how 
poorly our society is here in the U S like how far gone it is that we're just like, I don't know. I'm just trying to continue to survive instead of like where people are having to be like, I have to choose between going to work and feeding my family. Like that is already the symptom that this disease has progressed way too freaking far that that ever should have been a thing. Yeah. And then you look at like uh, New Zealand, I think it was yesterday announced that they were going into another lockdown for at least a week or two because they had one outbreak in yeah. Auckland, like, or one person tested positive and they were like, nope, close it but down. That you know it what else the they did? You know what else New Zealand did recently? Jacinda mm-hmm. announced that um, there would be free pads and tampons available at every school, every public yeah. school in New Zealand. I love that. Yeah. It's pretty dope. I don't want anybody else to ever have the fear of, am I going to bleed through my underwear mm-hmm. in public? Because yeah. I, or are you like wadding up toilet paper? Yeah. yeah. In her statement, she was like, we need to end period poverty. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, obviously, the pink and the, mm-hmm. exactly. But the thing about it, like that really made me feel so disheartened was like all of the men, specifically white men in the comments that were just like, I don't want my taxes to be raised for something I don't use. And I was just like, it literally is why you exist, bro. I know. I was just like, these are all Americans. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, and that's, it all comes out is that this, that we have been told for how many years that it's every man for himself, that only the strength of your own back can make you Mm -hmm. be accomplished and worthwhile in in Mm -hmm. society. And that's not true. As we've shown, people can have ideas and not be good at doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Really I mean, I think it is still true for a lot of us because I've seen an awful lot of actually most of my friends that I respect the most are the people that have had to fight through the most bullshit and they're still just like relentless. And I yeah. love that. That's like my mm-hmm. favorite. That's my favorite thing. But I also have a lot of friends that can't. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, they deserve just as much as the people that could fight for themselves. Mm hmm. And I'm, I really have high hopes for humanity right now, which I think is something we all have mm. to have. I know it's hard to do that right now. Like we're looking at being like, how do people still not get it? Mm-hmm. But it's the loud ones we see, not the internal shifts that are happening mm-hmm. to people. And, and that's why I feel so passionate about this kind of work because I mean, every time I talk to people, they're like, Oh my God, I never thought about that. That's life changing. And I'm over here like, I don't know. That's just Tuesday. Like I I almost get disconnected from it sometimes where it's such, we just have to keep aligning with like, who do we, where do we want to go? What is that vision we hold? And we have to keep that kind of, I'm, I, that's why the vision board concept works so well. Cause if you keep reminding yourself, this is where I'm going and this is mm-hmm. why I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And then you just take the steps you can. And sometimes you're like, I'm tired today. Okay. Take a rest. Don't beat yourself up. Mm-hmm. Try again tomorrow when you're more rested, you'll probably do it better anyway. Yeah. And you know, there are, there's still a lot of hustle that has to go. If you are still embroiled in the capitalism, like if your life circumstances have not given you the privilege to be detached from money right now, Mm-hmm. You have more on your plate, a hundred percent. I don't even want to go there and be like, look, I am lucky. I am super lucky, but I'm also a white woman who has a bit of family support if I needed it. Like that is huge. I don't mm-hmm. have, have friends that are paying their parents rent. Like they don't have yeah. that or they have no income or they didn't have the right kind of W2s or 1099s to deserve unemployment. It's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's bullshit. 
But I also try to make sure that I go, okay, well then I'm going to take what I have and I'm going to pour that into myself so that I'm able to help more people. Mm -hmm. So like I try to take donation readings when I can, if somebody's struggling, I don't, I'm not like, Hey, it's this much. Like I tend to try to always have like availability in my life to help somebody where it does not about the return of money. I have, you know, it's a balancing act because I still do live in a post-capitalist society Mm -hmm. that I, you know, money still is the the currency of the realm. It still is a factor, but I found that the more I detach from it, the more easily it flows to me. And it's completely counterintuitive. Hmm. Like the more I do my art, the more money I make. I Mm -hmm. don't know how else to explain that, but I do. And that doesn't make sense because my brain goes, but that's not how the world is. I'm Mm -hmm. like, well, that's how it is now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it really can be. That's the thing is it's kind of anything you can dream of right now, you can do. And I just want everybody to be able to find that. And I've lost it quite a few times, but it's been people that help me get through things when I'm in those spaces that somebody else steps up for me. So we just have to keep doing that. Like we have nothing but potential. Remember the cards of today were the five of cups reverse, which is (laughs) focusing on the good, even though you're hurting. And in that you will heal the wounds and then the Knight of cups that wish fulfillment. What you want is yours. Actually, I'll read it straight from the book here. Hold on. Lex, I'll um, probably say something really nice. I'm yeah. RSVPing now to the cry that we're going to have together later. Great. I'll be there. You're awesome. Fantastic. Tonight's a great night to go cry. <laughs> I, I've literally like the past hour. Fine right now. Like, Oh, I have felt more. I have felt more emotions in this time than I have ever been able to identify feeling in my life. Yeah. Hey, that's good because didn't we, uh, we just had a conversation about how it's actually for you getting out of getting your intellect kind of out of the way is actually one of the keys just because there's nothing wrong with your intellect. It's smart. It's where you get all your ideas. It's what makes you, you, but it also, you cannot be some, I learned this from a, somebody who worked in like therapy the other day Mm -hmm. or in like mental health Mm -hmm. that you cannot be emotional and intellectual at the same time. Nope. Oh my God. Okay. Hold on. My acting teacher talks about that all of the time. Like you can't, you can't try to like be creative and critical at the same time either. Like you, it's one or the other or else they get in your way. Oh my God. So like if you're having a mental meltdown and you need to get your shit together, Mm -hmm. Start doing math problems in your head. Yeah. Or like oh. think of the alphabet backwards or something. Wow. And that can literally shut the emotions off in a, in a moment where you have to be intellectual instead of emotional. I was like, that's a game changer. What? I just learned that this week. Wow. Cause I'm one of those people that cries when I get angry. Yeah. <laughs> like if I have a conflict, I just fall apart and I cannot cope. And that's my trauma speaking, but I, I still can't get over the fact that I can't deal with emotional. I can't be emotional and diplomatic at the same time. And somebody was like, hi, pro tip from someone who works in mental health. Uh, try doing like the mental, like doing mental exercises while you're feeling emotional will calm your emotions enough that you can deal with the matter at hand. It can be emotional later I'm saying don't deny your emotions, but in those moments where you have to, because we're humans and there's life, Doing the and so that's the other thing. If you're feeling all intellectual, go do an act. Do go do something that makes you feel like if you can't get out of your head, if you're anxious, you're just ruminating. Go watch like a favorite movie. Mm-hmm. Go watch something that makes you cry or something that makes you, you know, feel something. In my case, um, like the the fire fans, the reason they work so much for me is as an Aries. Uh, 
our energy, the best way from best pro tip from an Aries is if you're anxious, go do something physical. You have to take an action. Like, I don't care if you go walk around the block or dance for two songs, go hit a punching bag, do something physical. It will transmute the anxious, nervous energy into like moving through you instead. Uh, that nine of cups. So I finally found the book part. It says nine of cups, treat yourself. You've been killing it lately and you deserve rewards after successes and accomplishments. Throw a party by your COVID safe party, uh, buy yourself something nice, have a spa day, do something you want to only for you. Show yourself the love you deserve. Have a, have a, like a lug. I love luxurious baths. That's kind of my thing. Um, but even a shower, I'll, I'll put like candles in the shower. I rarely even turn on the bathroom lights anymore. I almost always will light candles or I'll turn on like colored led lights. Yeah. I try to like set the mood because mm-hmm. you know, fluorescent kills everything. Yep. Um, so like even just those little things and I'll take a couple hours to soak in a bathtub. If your body hurts, put some Epsom salts in there too. You know, then it's productive. Hmm. I don't think we have to be productive, but yeah, I feel like I've been using shopping as a coping mechanism like this whole pandemic. Okay. Retail therapy is absolutely a thing. Oh, 100%. Uh, yeah, 100%. Did- but you got to buy something that's high vibe for you. You can't just go buy something that feeds into your emptiness Boots. more. It has to be something yeah. that makes you go, oh, I'm excited to work with this. Yeah. Um, okay. I personally oh. think fashion is allowed because that's your self-expression. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, obviously, you know your own life. There may be people out there that spend too much or do, oh, and that is their default that is way too much over the top. Mm-hmm, yeah. But mm-hmm. I think treating yourself is allowed just as long anything, like the definition of an addiction is anything that's outlived its purpose. Mm-hmm. So if, if retail therapy got you out of funk, great. If you keep spending and it's now causing its own problems, we have, we have gone too far. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Like if it's in your means to spend money, actually go ahead. Throw that around, but think of every time you do it as planting a seed. You're spending for somebody else's business. Um, if you have a if you have a shopping habit and you can sustain it, that's fine. Maybe try to do like support small businesses or try to black owned, um, yeah, black owned. black owned or POC or anything like something like yeah. that. Like try to shop from a minority or a company that has a cause, something that gives mm-hmm. back to a cause you care about. Yeah. You know, and that is, that's, that's the next conversation we get to have as humanity is, um, is the global capitalism issue of the fact of like the rich and all that. Mm -hmm. That's a whole other conversation that nobody's ready for. I'll be honest. I don't think anybody's ready for it. Yeah. I can't say anything. I still have an Amazon store card and get way too much from Amazon, but it's also a pandemic and free shipping. And I, I am not that person that has so much extra that I can just throw away money to be more like, yeah, like. Mm -hmm. But let's, that's somebody buying on Amazon isn't the problem. Yeah. It's the corporations that should have had better structures from the beginning. But yeah. like I said, that's a whole nother, whole nother uh, yeah. conversation for another whole day. Other Do other. you <laughs> believe that he, like history is doomed to repeat itself forever and ever and ever? And we're just going in these cycles. I don't think it's doomed to repeat itself, mm. but I do think humanity in and of itself is cyclical we get to a point where we forget where we came from. Mm-hmm. We forget that we've been here before, but that's also us. I mean, cause I also do believe in reincarnation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe we've also lived all those times. So that knowledge is within us. If we're willing to tap into it too. How do you tap into it? Um, I will say, like I mentioned earlier, past life regressions have been really insightful for me. Okay. Like I'll do one with somebody, I go back and I see a lifetime and it goes, it explains why I'm here now or like why I'm dealing with what I'm dealing with. Uh, my, my ex that I 
astrally projected to. He was a very big part of my life as far as my spiritual growth goes. Um, this was somebody who basically losing him broke me so badly that there was no option. There was no logical thing in the world that could make me feel better. And that's why I turned to spiritual stuff. And it turns out it's, we have at least one past life connection and that runs into a lot of things. Um, and it was not a nice life. We were happy mm -hmm. for a time, but it ended very mm -hmm. aggressively. Um, and I went, oh, okay, well that makes sense. I ran into them again in these themes because we didn't heal these wounds in our last mm -hmm. life. It ended on such a sad note. Um, and then for like another version, um, I was having anxiety. What was it? Let's see. I was upset about something. No, it was, it was just a full lot past life regression. It was the one I did that I got the most insight. Cause so you can do mini ones. Like I have a girl that I see that she does them in groups and those are insightful, but they're more, they're shorter. But whereas you go one-on-one -on -one into it where she also is tapping into your energy and you kind of work together. She asks questions and helps you dig deeper. Like that life, I was a man. And I, cause you, they start, you're closed. You're just looking at the dark in the back of your eyelids and they go, what can you see? Can you smell anything? You use your senses and you start to see what you can see, hear or smell. And I opened my, I, I saw somebody, I was like, it's dark. I can't, I'm sitting up, but it's dark. I can't see anything. And she says, can you turn on a light? And then I lit a match and it was like an old antique lantern. I looked down and my feet were like a man's feet, like somebody who worked a lot. Like they weren't, they weren't young feet. They were definitely not even women's feet. And I was wearing like a white long nightdress. So I was like, okay, this is older. This isn't, you know, this isn't very modern. And then it was like, what happened next? And I went down the stairs and there was somebody in my living room. And I was like, who are you? I was like, what are you doing here? It was like straight out of a movie. Just this scene just played in my head. It ultimately came out that this was about the French Revolution. Um, I was someone who was a revolutionary and I was beheaded in the French Revolution. Oh, fun. And then I went... And my, my mentor, my person that like, or the person that I mentored, like I was on the run and I met her in like a freaking encampment in the woods, hiding kind of a thing that ended up being like a daughter figure to me ends up being the person who at this point was my best friend in this life in a full different. Wow. Um, and she was also the person I was going to protests with. Like here we were fighting the establishment <laughs> again together. That's so cool. And I was like, okay, well, that explains a lot of why I was born here, considering that we are at the same, we are at the pre-French Revolution. Um, oh, that's another fun astrology fact. The U.S. is also in its Pluto return. What does that mean? Remember how I said Saturn return happens when you're like 28 to 31, yeah. approximately 29 to 30, give or take a little. Um, the Pluto returns only happen every 248 years or however, whatever a Pluto year is, uh, humans don't get them. Yeah. The last country to go through a Pluto return, France during the French revolution. Fuck me. <laughs> Son of a bitch. What? So, and it's from 2008 to 2024. Wow. Obama. Uh -huh. to whatever happens. We will know exactly how much we've transformed in four years. Wow. It's also why is the U.S. being particularly shit on right now? Well, that's why. AOC 2024. Anyway. Actually, I do think she will be. Her chart is actually an astrologer friend of mine and analyzed it once. She may very well be the first female president. <gasps> very, very possible from her chart. She's a, she's a powerhouse. <sighs> 
I got the biggest goosebumps. Oh my God. <laughs> That's my yes sign for the record. You see, I have them too. I don't know if you can see it in the video, but. Oh my God. <sighs> so it, I think it could happen. It very much could happen. So it's just, it's one of those things. Like I said, it's just, it it is mind blowing. And I keep finding these (laughs) things out. I'm like, stop it. This is insane. And it is insane. And that's the whole point is people go, there's no way any of that makes sense. And I'm like, I don't know. Give me a reason that it doesn't like it's at the point where if I start denying the coincidence, I'm more crazy than not. Yeah. Wow. And like I said, down to the days sometimes. And I often get it wrong where how I think something might play out mm-hmm. and then it plays out in a completely different way, but it's still on brand for the theme. Yeah. Like that happens all the time. So that's the one thing is spirit is tricky and it will always speak in riddles. It's mm-hmm. always hard to interpret. And we have to make sure that our own internal biases don't like let us interpret it wrong. So I try to not like, I try to kind of like forecast. It's like the weather. Mm-hmm. You can make an educated guess. But sometimes it ends up hitting a little different than you thought. It's not an exact science. I don't believe in divination into that extent. But there's also times where, like, I you go and look on my personal Facebook page. There are posts of me saying there's going to be catastrophic things, possibly fires, possibly earthquakes, things like that, before they happened the 8th to 12th of September last year. I think astrology is more predictable than meteorology. Because it has grounded dates. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, and it's, it's something you can also predict in advance because the planets move with consistency. Yeah. They're not, it's not all the moving parts, but that ha- that's why I said it ends up being like thematically this thing will happen. And then, mm. but the, based on where you've been between now and then, like I could tell you Christmas Eve could be that, you know, big blast kind of reckoning of this Saturn and Uranus square where we're like, okay, um, this is the last push between the old and the new. You'll be seeing lots of traditions upturn. Maybe people are having to celebrate in non-traditional manners. Uh, it could be lots of things like that. Yeah. But until we get closer to it, it's really hard. Just yeah. like you could predict, well, weather patterns suggest that it's going to be cold Christmas Eve and really nice the next day. That's always what happens in LA. Yeah. <laughs> it's always nice on Christmas. Um, but you can like look at past patterns and say, this is likely what's to happen. But then based on, you know, the energies a couple of weeks prior, that can kind of shift things. So the farther out, the harder it is to predict things. Um, But I also don't think that spirituality is always about predicting. It's about moving through what comes up gracefully. You know, if you you know that there's going to be, it's Mercury retrograde, you can be a little bit more patient when your computer freaks out or your internet drops. You can go, okay, it's Mercury retrograde. I'm just, I'm not going to be that bothered by it because it's likely to keep happening. And that in and of itself makes it not hit so hard. Just the awareness of what's going on. If somebody had told me in 2019 that 2020 was going to be an absolute shit show and to just kind of emotionally prepare myself, I probably would have been like, why would you say that? But had they told me and then it would have happened, I would have been like, okay, I mean, I was warned. And luckily I was best friends with an astrologer this entire time. So I did get, in fact, the acceleration pass through 2020. And I will say, even with that, it still brought me to my knees. It was not easy. And this year still continues to be quite a challenge, but not nearly as bad as last year. Yeah. Like, this is still a very challenging year, but that's because we're, we're feeling called to grow. And growth, growing pains suck. 
Like it's that thing, like right after you go through a breakup or you quit a job and you have to like kind of deal with the emotional fallout that comes after that. We're all kind of reckoning with that in ourselves. So we're still clearing stuff and you're never going to get past that. There's always going to be more growth to do because there's always going to be some kind of trauma. It's not like anybody gets through life unscathed, but once again, it's better problems. Mm -hmm. I want to, so like a year ago, I was miserable at a job. I was trying to figure out how to leave a job that I didn't want to be at anymore, but couldn't see a way out. And now a year later, I'm trying to figure out how to get my own things balls rolling. That is an upgrade. Yeah. Damn. So it, it has been something that I, like I said, during the worst part of 2020, I lost my faith too. So if you're losing your faith, don't feel so bad because it happens. Yeah. Like, I definitely lost faith a few times. Like I remember I freaked out and I threw all my stuff in a box. It was the first box I packed when I moved and then I didn't unpack it for almost two months until I was like, I have to get myself back on track. I can't do it. I'm just suffering. That's when my back fell apart is when I renounced my spirituality. And then after I started picking it back up, it was literally days when I met people and like I started getting um, like good things started happening the second I picked my cards back up and I was like, okay, lesson received fine <laughs> most of the time you will want to yell at them but developing yeah. any kind of connection with your intuition or your spirit guides if that's something you choose to believe in um but that higher self that part of you that exists beyond this world because we know we all have one mm-hmm. like where do these ideas come from these imaginations creation where does it all come from it has to come from somewhere and i personally think it's our co-creation with those things That's oh my God. So that thing you want to do that you've been like, I don't know. It feels hard. Do the thing. You're just going to get dragged through the shit until you do the thing. Like if you've been Thanks. afraid to take the leap or make the step or take the change, if you yeah. do it right now, give it 30 days. You'll see results. I really? bet you. I'll, I will bet you that one. Wow. Yeah. If for the next, okay. So the new moon is on. If you spend, let's see here. I look at a calendar again. The new moon is on the 13th. If you mm-hmm. spend the next two weeks thinking about what you want to do, where you want to go, dreaming big, and then you start to take concrete action towards it mm-hmm. by at a bare minimum, probably is about mm, April 11th, you will see some kind of growth forward. I may probably even sooner than that, but that's like, I think around when the next new moon is, I don't have that one on my calendar yet, but you will start to see movement on the 13th of March going forward. Absolutely. Like I have no doubts about that whatsoever, how that movement manifests for you, that might change. Um, and you still be iron. You're, you're kind of like up until the 13th, we're still ironing out drama from the last few weeks. So you're not going to see a lot of change, but do use the Pisces energy we've got right now. It's great for dreaming. Try to remember your dreams. There's messages in your dreams right now. If you, um, like I don't usually dream and I've dreamed every night the last three nights. I don't even usually dream at all. Do you have any tips on how we can like access our dream mind? Uh, In the morning, write down everything you can remember. Hmm. That's apparent. That is the unanimous trick that I always forget to do, but that's what everybody says is like, write down, like wake up, keep a notepad by your, um, mm-hmm. by your bed. And when you wake up, write down everything mm-hmm. you can remember from your dreams while you're still in that half if, dreamy state. What if you don't dream? I usually don't, but I am right now. Hmm. Set the intention to dream, 
Um, I listen to a lot of lucid dreaming meditations at night. Mm-hmm. They help put me to sleep. And if I wake up in the middle of the night and can't go back to sleep, I'll put on a meditation again. Um, okay. For me, it's also because the, the rumination. to not dream. Yeah, I don't usually dream either, which is interesting that we both <laughs> I, have Aquarius stelliums and we're both not dreamers. Well, I'm very susceptible to like... Oh, I, I daydream I all think, the time. I think I because, tap into that in daydreams more than... I, yeah. Because it's my it's our conscious minds that tap into creation a lot easier as an Aquarius energies. Well, I feel like for me, I daydream like very, very frequently, but I go to bed with the intention to not dream because I'm susceptible to night terrors. Yeah. Like the kind where I had those when I was a kid. shit's really happening and you're like paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Like, so my, whenever I go to bed, I'm like, I don't want to dream at all. Well, and to answer there's your a question, chance that that dream might be. According that. to my body, because that's another thing you can do yeah. is you can actually learn yes and no signals in your body. So you can almost mm-hmm. like you're your own magic eight ball. So for me, goosebumps or spirit bumps mm-hmm. are yes whatever I just thought I just had or whatever somebody just mm-hmm. said, that's like spirit going, yes, yes, that, that you're on the right track. It's like that person is okay. straight. It's like, yeah, that thing. Um, for okay, me, my okay. no signal is anxiety or like nausea or feeling like that ball in my stomach. And if mm-hmm. I'm having a thought and I'm feeling that simultaneously, I know it's not in alignment. Whereas mm-hmm. if I'm in alignment, mm-hmm. I'll just have goosebumps the entire time. Uh, you know, and those are really common, but you know where that chill just runs mm-hmm. down. You're like, Oh man. Okay. Yep. Got it. Yeah. Those are, for me, that's a yes sign. Sounds like both of you have those too, because there were things I, we were, we've been getting them simultaneously. Every time you guys are like, I have goosebumps. I yeah. have them too. Um, wow. So that is I'm another thing. I'm starting to get them right now. Although, if, but if you have yeah. night terrors, um, I just had the thought, like my, I was like, I didn't have an answer to that question. And then it popped in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a trauma response that we don't dream. Like we don't want to go there again. So if we heal our trauma around whatever dreaming is, you probably can tap into being able to do that again. Um, but exactly how that is, you'd, we'd have to dig in more in individually to see that, but it's definitely, you don't want to feel the trauma. So you've blocked that part of you out, but remember oh, yeah. dreams, Neptune is Pisces energy. It's also where our spiritual power often comes from. So you may feel disconnected from spiritual power until you can start dreaming again. Um, but I do at, with, with my brain, the way it is, I do find that I let my dream, like if I need something, my daydreams often are informative and insightful. Like I don't usually dream, but my ex, the one who I pastorally projected to, he was in my dream last night trying to come back in, but at a lower vibe energy than I would have accepted. And I was like, mm, I don't think, I don't think that's a good idea. I also was dreaming about my birthday, which is only a few weeks away. And I was at a party for my birthday and somebody stepped up and threw the party for me and like took care of it for me. Obviously, you know, with people who were wearing masks and people were actually, I, that's the first time I've had a dream with masks in them. Oh God, I've had so many. <laughs> Do not recommend. Um, and, it, and I remember being like, Hey, you guys should have masks. Like there were some people that didn't have masks on and it was just really, it was a trip. It was just a trip. Like somebody else came in and took care of my birthday for me. And my ex showed up because they happened to be there and was like, Hey, do you want to just do this? And I was like, no, I don't think I do. That's kind of nice to realize. Like, I don't think I do want to do this with you anymore, but it's so it's like, it just, it's wild how, I mean, obviously our dreams are extensions of our subconscious, but that's why they're so insightful. So I will say that I've heard that the big trick to dreaming is writing every morning when you wake up, write up whatever you can remember. 
And usually if you can catch yourself early enough, you'll usually remember something, but then it, it trains that part of your brain that can remember while you're awake over time. And it's supposed to get easier. Um, but yeah, so right now is a great time for dreaming. Actually, the card I pulled of my brand new deck I just got today, I pulled it and shared a card with London dude. And it was all about how right now is not a time for action. Right now is a time for mm. ruminating and thinking on things and going, where am I going? What's going on? Like, don't be afraid of that inner inspe inspection, introspection, um, because it actually is going to help you kind of solidify your plans. You're basically forming game plans in your head right now before you mm -hmm. take action. So don't be afraid of that. Like right now is a great time to be like laying plans or researching how to do something, but mm -hmm. not necessarily actually doing it yet. So like if that thing that you want to do, well, why don't you go follow 10 people today that do that thing you want to do on social media, just so you can start seeing what they do that like find people that are successful or go, you know, what's it take to be, um, like whatever that dream may be. I don't know. Like I'm using mine for example, art. I started researching how do people make a living? And so I made a post in an art group and I said, Hey guys, can you show me the best, the thing that you have that is your best seller? I don't care what it is. I just want to see what it is. I'm curious. And everybody said the same thing. It's a print of this thing. I still have the original, but I sell prints of this like hotcakes. Mm -hmm. And I went, okay, being a print artist might actually be a viable thing. I don't have to create physical, tangible art. I can just do digital art, make prints, sell the prints. And if somebody says, oh, I, if, if, if a print doesn't perform, I didn't invest anything in it other than my time to create it, which is still investing in my art. And so I'm going to, I chose to go the digital art route. I will do traditional art through commission if somebody asks it of me or requests it because I can, but I, mm -hmm. I'm not going to make that my bread and butter because that's not how people make most of their money. My art friends, yeah, you make more money selling an original, but it also costs material, time, mm -hmm. you know, if you can do it artwork in digital format that you can just sell prints, I'm fine with being a print artist. I don't care. I just want to do it on my computer anyway. I don't want to have to haul sketchbooks around and, you know, boxes of colored pencils and paints and it just seems like trouble. I want to travel. I want that freedom. And we have the technology to do it now. And so like, that mm -hmm. was an example. I went out and did the research, which now is informing how I'm creating. So don't be afraid of like doing the, like the recon work on how to go about things. And maybe you had an idea. You're like, this is what I want to do. And you start researching it. And you're like, Oh, that really isn't feasible. Now, can you do it even though somebody else hasn't? Maybe, but that's then your call. Do you want to be the trailblazer? That means you're not going to have a guide except your intuition. That's the hard part. But if you're doing something that's already been done, look to those who have come before you. How did they do it? You know, what's it going to involve? Um, I think it was Mark Manson that used to talk about when it, when you chose what you do with your life, you have to choose your favorite flavor of shit sandwich. Cause there's always going to be something about it. You don't like It's always going to be your challenge. Yeah. Like for me, mm -hmm. I love art, but sitting on my computer five hours a day drawing is not even feasible because my back can't handle that. So I have to limit, I can't be an artist full time. My body can't handle that. And I know that about me. And that's also functioning within the restrictions that I know are there because I have once again, a meat suit that has limitations. So like tarot, I can only read so many times a week before I am emotionally drained and just start falling apart. And like, I'll end up back. If I overread in a week, I'll end up depressed. 
and anxious and a terrible wreck the next week. So I have to be very careful about how much I do and that learning the balance of, oh, I, I, sometimes our ideals and our capacity aren't the same. Sometimes we just have to get better at it. Yeah. But right now is a good time for thinking on all those things. And it's okay to be kind of up in your dreams and dreaming of your best life. That's all really positive right now. Like if you can like sit down and imagine like, like, what's my best life look like in six months, in a year, in five years, and write down anything that's possible. You'd be really surprised how motivating that ends up being because you let yourself dream with freedom rather than trying to hold it up to reality. There's going to be plenty of time for that. That's the natural ebb and flow of the year is right now is a time for planning rather than action. We don't plant seeds until Aries season. Maybe, or maybe you planted the seeds right now. So you're kind of tending it, but you're not really seeing results yet. They haven't sprouted from the ground and that's normal. And then you keep going and then you get burnout around like summer. You're all inspired while things are growing through spring. And then in summer, they, you know, either you get carried away from what you were doing and you have to come back on track in the fall or, you know, so that you, or you take a break in the summer and recharge. And then we get back to work in the fall until, it's harvest time. And then you harvest and reap the results. And then it's winter and we go, oh, well, I'm just going to chill until spring again. That's the natural flow of the year, which if you follow any of the pagan traditions, there's this thing called the wheel of the year. And that's, which is the pagan holidays. And that's what it shows you. And that's what the holidays are built around is the natural ebb and flow of the year. And I've been saying that it's interesting with COVID in particular, that we have been forced to, for the first time in a lot of our lives, and definitely in a long, long time for people that are older, this is the first time we've had to kind of live at the whims of nature because we usually are in cities yeah. where it isolates us from that. But now we're dealing with things like COVID infections directly correlating to weather patterns. So like winter is flu mm -hmm. season. So the COVID season, you know, it's, it's going to be darker and heavier. We had to be locked in the house. You know, we haven't had to do that in a hundred years, 200 years, something like that for lots of people, you know, sometimes not everybody, it's definitely circumstantial, but we haven't in modern times had to really isolate in the winter. Yeah. It used to be because of illness and cold and stuff, but now we had to isolate. And so we, we ended up having to go through that dark night of the soul that a lot of us haven't been going through because technology and advancements of civilization have protected us from that. That's why Christmas exists. It's literally the pagan festival of light is Yule. It was for bringing light to dark times. Like the darkest part, the Yule is the winter solstice. It's literally the darkest night of the year. So what did humans go? Let's throw a party and let's bring some light in. That's the, that, <laughs> but that's the human spirit. Like right now yeah. we are in the dark times. Don't get me wrong. We, we still are in a lot of ways. So it's coming. We, we see it. That's the thing is we see the good times coming. We see when we're going to be able to go and see our friends again. And we see when there's going to be like, openings again and be able to do things all over, but we're not there yet. And we've got cabin fever. We're sick of it. We're frustrated. We're a little angsty, but right now what we have to do is kind of get calm and centered instead and go, okay, I'm resting because if things are about to get busy and they will, I would, I would take any rest you can get right now. Go for it. Even though you're sick of <laughs> resting, I'd be try to get, it's that whole thing like meditation, try to get yourself high vibe right now because you're going to get busy and busy while good also equals burnout sometimes. So people are going to go way too far in the other direction in Aries season. I guarantee it because that's what we're known for. We don't know how to regulate for anything. <laughs> 
So don't be afraid of like dreaming or if things feel murky and right now that's, that's just Pisces season. Like, <laughs> you're like, I don't know what I'm doing and I'm dreaming and I'm lost in my thing. And I'm kind of sad. It was just Pisces season. Like you don't have to take on the energy of that. That's the other power of astrology. It's like, you're like, Oh, that's not me. That's just collective. Or if you're not feeling it, the people around you are. And if you're at all empathic, you're picking up on that. Damn. Wow. Like, so don't be afraid yeah. of, of dreaming is good right now. Pisces seasons for dreams. Aries season is for action. So like dream big right now, try to milk that for what it's worth. That's the other thing is if I just know what's going on astrology wise, I milk it for what it's worth. Oh, right now is good energy to get <laughs> things done. I'm going to be really efficient this week and I'll just milk it. And then I'm like, Oh, next week's going to be a cry week. Well, I guess it's time for some cheer jerkers and some baths. Got it. Like, cool. <laughs> and I just work with it instead of against it. Yeah. That's awesome. Smart man. I like how I've gotten both of you guys life hacks. quiet. Life hacks. Oh my <laughs> I god. I honestly just there's so much that I need to like go off and think about and yeah, like tune into. Yeah, I have a lot. To well, look. right now is very intuitive, so oh, it's nice. a super good time to honestly. I would just tell everybody just pick up a meditation practice. You'll just be a happier individual. Like I, uh, I read for a teacher last week. And she's been feeling really weird and all of her, she's like, my students have been all crazy. And like, we got, I worked with her through her energy and I said, why don't you try? And she's like, I don't have time. I told her to try to start prioritizing self-care, get some art in there, do some meditation. She's like, I don't have time. I'm like, what if you do it with kids? Mm -hmm. You're just showing them like, then you can do it with them. Be like, look, I'm going to do it with Mm -hmm. you. And so she started her day the next day with the whole class doing a little meditation in the morning. And she said the whole day went smooth. So like, don't think that it can't make a difference. Um, I like to meditate in the morning when I am letting myself sleep in like, or like instead of sleeping (laughs) in, I'm like, I don't have to get out of bed if I meditate right now. I do love that. It lets me have my little (laughs) indulgence, but also you're kind of sleepy. And that's the best time is right before sleep and right before, like you're already closer to those, those brain waves. It's easier to get into meditation when you're in, um, like say, like, I forget which one it is. There's theta state, which is the sleep, the state, mm-hmm. the place between asleep and awake, which is where we do hypnosis. Mm-hmm. And then there's delta oh. waves, which is like deep sleep. Alpha waves are when you're awake and alert. Um, but so like any, you can do other things to put your body in it. That's why a lot of times meditations are focused on breathing. Cause if you slow your breathing down and do the patterns, they suggest it will put you into a theta state. So there's, there's, it's a mixing of science and spirituality for me. Like I try to use as much science to kind of hack my way into the spiritual realm as much as possible. So that's why, like I said, at night, right before I go to bed, I'll put on a guided meditation and it's a win-win either. I don't fall asleep, but I listen to it Mm -hmm. and hopefully get into the space which doesn't happen every time, but it's more likely to, because I'm already maybe tired. And if not, it winds me down. Mm Or puts me straight to sleep and I just sleep through it and it works on my subconscious. So like I've been doing guided meditations at night, pretty much every night for the past two years. Like that's how I fall asleep now is I always put on a hypnosis or a meditation of some kind. I personally love hypnosis. They do work a little better for me than meditation. Um, Mm -hmm. But I also need a guided one. That's the other thing for people that if your mind runs a million miles a minute, it's a lot easier to listen to somebody else than just sit there with your own quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you'll still, you'll still find yourself losing mental 
focus sometimes it happens and I go, Oh, then I got to come back. And I got to remember, I'm like, Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. that's why I find somebody whose voice I like listening to that feels relaxing. Yeah. If somebody's voice is annoying, I literally cannot do it. Like it just, mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah. So I, I, that is, if I had to say, if there was one thing you could do today to feel better Mm -hmm. and that is pick up a, go on YouTube, find some guided meditations. My favorite are Joe Tracy and Jason mm-hmm. Stevenson. And they both are like, one's British and one's Australian. They both have nice, deep ver- baritone voices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your eyes just went back in your head. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're so soothing. You're like a warm hug, but a voice. Right, right. <laughs> soothing. <Yeah>. Soothing. Soothing. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I can listen to women, but when they talk like this, and it's all airy and very soft... But if they sound like me, like there's a reason I'm not a meditation coach. Yeah. I, I can't. You know, <laughs> you know what a missed opportunity is? I feel like Julie Andrews should drop her own. <laughs> there's actually app. a lot of meditation apps out there that have celebrity guest stars. Harry Styles dream with me on uh, Calm. Yeah, I listen to it. <laughs> it's course. fine. Why am I not even a little <laughs> Again, bit surprised? Again, with the eroticism. <laughs> I also love that it's like dream with me. This is to help you fall asleep. And the entire time I was like, I'm dreaming. I am of just, you. no, I was so wide awake. Cause I was like, when's he going to speak again? It did not help <laughs> me fall asleep at all. I was just like, okay, I have to try something else. Anyway, I know it worked for some people. For me, I was like, his voice is just so beautiful. And I just want to stay up and listen to but it. Yeah, that would be my anyway. suggestion would be to just start doing one, whatever you're feeling. Um, mm-hmm. that or picking up some kind of tool that allows you to get an out like that of your own notion, like you can pick the card that resonates with you, but you know, then you can look at a book and see what it has to say. I, I will say it's, mm-hmm. yeah. I know it makes no logical sense that card reading would work ever, but it does. I don't know how else to tell you. Yeah. Like you shuffle a card, it jumps out and you're like, damn it. That was the card I needed. Okay. That was it. And sometimes it literally is like the little two sentence blurb. You're like, Oh my God, my problem's just gone. I'm not even concerned anymore. It's so funny how <laughs> simple it is. How do you cope? Like, say you, you draw something and it's like, whatever's about to happen is not looking favorable for how you wanted it to go. What is like the first thing you do to not let that like anchor you, like, well, first off, out. I ask the cards then if there's anything I can do to change it. Oh, is there anything I can do okay. to change this course? Um, and sometimes there is an answer and sometimes it's, you'll get something like the five of cups where it's like, sorry, honey, you just got to deal with this one, but you know, it's coming. Mm-hmm. So when it comes, you're like, okay, I was warned. Like it, personally, I, I find that it's the ones that come out of nowhere that are the hardest things to go through anyway. So sometimes just being aware that it, something might come up and that astrology will do that a lot. You're going to be like, Oh, uh-oh. anytime you see square, you're like, ow, mm-hmm. that's going to suck probably. But conjunctions can be bad things. Squares can mm-hmm. end up being good things. It's not, I've also, the other thing is it's just a belief that I've learned over time, but that is every time you have a challenge, if you navigate the challenge properly and in a high vibration place or as high vibration as you could have, you will learn something out of it. So like sometimes if maybe I'm in a relationship and I'm feeling really anxious and I was doing a reading about what's going on, what's bothering me in my life or what's coming, what do I need to do? Um, I often start with past, present and future. So like if I got something like the three of swords, 
which is honestly, it's just the breakup card. It's a heartbreak. Um, in the future, I would probably maybe come to start to come to terms with the fact that this relationship isn't for me, maybe not the best one for me. Um, I would, of course, if it was somebody I wanted to be with that, I wasn't already like, yeah, I guess I kind of knew that. Um, I feel like it would have, like I said, it softens the blow sometimes just being aware that it's there. Or I ask, how can I soften the blow? And sometimes the message is really Mm. simple. Like, how can we, it's like, how do you move through this then? That's my next question. If there's nothing I can do to change it, I ask, how do I get through this unscathed the most? And there's usually just Mm -hmm. a really solid piece of advice. And sometimes the card will just come out. It'll be something like the sun or the star, which is hope or good things. Like, just remember, it's only temporary. Because there always is going to be some kind of problem. Like I said, you're never going to get away from problems. There's always going to be something. So there's no, you can't stop all of the bad things. And that is just a, something we all need to just learn. But we can mm-hmm. also learn know that bad things don't happen for no reason. Like they sometimes seem to. But I mean, they could be really bad. Like um, here's one. My grandmother passed away when I was 12. I was more linked. I was very, very, very close to her. This was devastating. But I wouldn't have left my hometown and moved to where I met Lex. We wouldn't be here today having this conversation had she not passed. I wasn't allowed to leave my hometown, uh, really. I mean, I wasn't for a while legally because of court and divorces and stuff. But my grandmother was the kind of anchor that kept us in my hometown. And then my parents moved after my grandmother had passed to Palmdale where we're, uh, we both went to mm-hmm. high school and that could have seen work. I like, I ended up going to, I, I went through a lot of shit because I also, it's where I learned about any culture other than white supremacy, which is kind of where my hometown is not, not a great place. Um, and mm. I had to unlearn a lot of straight up racist beliefs my parents had put in me. And mm-hmm. it was a huge culture shock to move there for me. And it was hard. I'm not gonna tell you it wasn't, but mm-hmm. it, um, but it made me a better person. I got into the arts there. I, I learned a, a bit more about how to be a better person. Um, you know, I, I made friends with a bunch of people that I finally found people that felt like they were my people. But had this death not happened, that wouldn't have, I wouldn't have moved. We never would have gone there. So it's like, you sometimes can't see the pieces right now, but sometimes the bad things are lining up better things in your future. Just like how I said, I had all these shitty jobs back to back to back, but they all taught me something that now has come into translating and correlating straight into my direct success now. So I try to just remind myself that the bad things, they have purpose too. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that's only just showing us what we're made of, of our own ability to navigate, to remind us of our own strength, that we're powerful. Um, Sometimes it's, to clear the way. Maybe it's something we weren't willing to let go of. We stayed in a relationship too long and the cards are like, it's time for you to end this. You only have heartbreak in your future, whether you stay or go. That's the other thing. It's ambient. So you might as well do the one that gets you more in alignment. There's it's, it's a very unique personal relationship. And you will also develop, if you like decide to go into cards, you can develop your own very personal relationship to these cards You'll be like, oh, every time in my life something like this comes up, I get this card. And you'll start to notice mm-hmm. correlations. Like, for example, mm-hmm. most people are afraid of the death card, the devil card, and the tower. Those are the three that people go, oh, God. Because you look at them and you're like, that's scary. 
um, or the Ten of Swords. Ten of Swords is personally my least favorite one. Um, <laughs> that one just sucks. That one's just being stabbed in the back and just feeling like you're yeah. just put through it, even though nothing is okay. <laughs> and But it also reminds us that even that didn't get you. Yeah. Whereas, like, the tower, like I said, is the demolition that comes before you can build something new. Death card is transformation. So you have to die to regenerate. It's the, the butter. If I had to pick an animal to symbolize the death card, it's like the butterfly. You go through a metamorphosis and you come out the other side better for it. Um, or the devil card, which is our addictions. Like if you get the devil card, you may be dealing with addiction. Um, it's your self-limiting beliefs though. Mm. Like you being like, Oh, I can't be an artist because people don't make a living doing that. That is a devil card energy. But all of those cards, too, reversed, have a different energy. Yeah. Which often softens the blow, too. So there's Damn. even the bad things end up having good things. The death of mm-hmm. a relationship frees you to find the person you were actually supposed to be with. You know, quitting a job means that you now have the free time to explore. And like, for example, in 2020, without something else, gives you a couple gives you some time to just be in your own energy and decide where you want to go next. So you'll actually end up being more in alignment. I mean, I've personally found that every time I've suddenly quit a job, usually it was a, a low vibe impulse that made me do it. Like I finally just quit and couldn't handle it anymore. Mm-hmm. And it sends me on a journey for sure. But I come out the other side with a better job of it a couple months later, kind of a thing. And I think that's where most of us are because we're not willing to go back. You're like, that last job didn't make me happy. So I'm not going to take another job like that. And maybe that would have worked for somebody else, you know, but it's, so it's just, it's all about aligning. Anytime you're feeling bad being like, Nope, hold on, pause. What is working? Like that, that shift from Mm -hmm. what isn't working to what is working. You can always in any moment choose to kind of be like, okay, I'm starting fresh from this point. I am, I am choosing to go towards love instead of to go towards fear. That's another one of those things. You can't feel fearful and love at the same time. You can only feel one and not necessarily romantic love, but you can't feel fearful and unconditional love at the same time. It's just not possible. You've given me a lot to think about (laughs) a lot to think about. Yes. A lot to think. I know your brain's like, I am overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. And it integrates over time. And we have to hear things. This is also a marketing trick. Anybody who wants to market their own business, somebody has to oh. see or hear something seven times before hmm. they acknowledge it on average. Mm-hmm. So when you're trying to learn something or you want to integrate new information, repeat, yeah. go over oh, it wow. again and again That's so as needed. It's like, you know, when you learn a, like you learn a new word yeah. and then everybody is using that word. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Kind of like that. Like, it's just in your consciousness now, so you noticed. Yeah. So where you put your consciousness, though, right now, big time. If you keep focusing on lack, you will unfortunately keep manifesting more lack. So look at what you do have. Look at the good things. You know, whether it's, I have a job, and my Mm -hmm. bills are paid, and that's good. Now I need to start learning to compartmentalize that and focus on my stuff. Or it might be that you've been in a relationship that you should have left a long time ago. And you're like, man, I really should have left a long time ago. And you start going, okay, what do I have to do to get out of this situation? Or if you're just being like frustrated about being in the house, Mm -hmm. stopping, shifting, going, 
when I have one. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that we, it's so hard to hear that. And you know what? And if you're having a low day and you're sad, um, give yourself a day to be sad. That's honestly also self-care as far as I'm concerned, because you don't want to deny those emotions either. It's a balancing act. You want to feel your feelings, acknowledge that they're real, let them move through you. Crying releases them. Anything <laughs> else you can do. If you're angry, go, go punch a pillow. It's not going to hurt anything. Yeah. Just, I mean, don't break your hand, but like... Yeah, scream a little. Maybe not if you live in an apartment. Maybe go in your car (laughs) and like or into that same pillow. Okay, so we we along with the listeners have some homework. Look into meditation. Start a meditation practice. Mm -hmm. Acknowledge your feelings. Don't deny your feelings. But also don't let them rule you either. Like you gotta you have to put a boundary. Like okay, I'm feeling like shit today. I'm gonna take the rest of the day to just be crabby and feel like shit and keep in my own energy. That's fine. Just do it, feel it, and then wake up the next day and be like, do I feel any better? And if you don't feel better, then you go, okay, maybe I should meditate today. Or maybe I should do a grounding exercise. Or maybe I should go sit some sunshine. And like I said other times, and if you're cranky and crabby, <laughs> just ask yourself, have I eaten today and have I had a glass of water? Because the answer is that. often no. Oh my God. There it is. There yeah, it thank is. Thank you. Oh, so much to think about. Thank you so much for giving us so much of your yeah. time. We're probably going to split this yeah, over two parts. Thank you. I Thank you so much, Chanel. Uh, okay. But no, and it's just exploring. It's just, it's learning what that means to oh, you, yeah. learning you, learning your own patterns and being really aware. Self-awareness honestly is the kind of cornerstone of, of spirituality for mm-hmm. me and how we fit into the bigger cosmos. And sometimes realizing that we're not, what we're feeling isn't us. Mm-hmm. It's not defining us. Sometimes you're like, I'm angry. Why am I angry? And you look on time passages and you're like, oh, <laughs> Mars is doing a thing today. Fucking Mars. Okay. Maybe I don't have to like, I don't have to internalize the fact that I'm angry today. If I feel angry again tomorrow, maybe then we need to have a conversation. But l- allowing the ephemeral nature of your emotions to not be the only thing ruling your mm-hmm. life. Thank you. Amazing. So much wisdom. Oh, man. Thank of you course. so much. This was fun though. I liked it. Uh, it was nice to it was nice to meet you. Nice and to meet course, it's you always too. good to hang out with you. It's official. We love Chanel. We love the Wayfinder here on the Peony. And like we mentioned, we sat and talked for hours and hours, even before we started recording, and then again after. So Lex and I reconvened at some point later in the week, and we talked about what we were feeling good about that's upcoming. I think I'm I'm looking forward to so I started my new job. Um, I'm looking forward to like getting to dive in and finally start creating some stuff. Like last week was just sort of observing, coming up with ideas. So this week I get to start doing that. Um, also looking forward to not quarantining, quarantining, and uh, <laughs> seeing my cat. Like I, it's been a week, and I don't know it. I just, he's just a little, a little fluff. Um, I miss, I miss him even though he drives me crazy. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. And what about I, you? What are you looking forward to? Well, I'm looking forward to coming to America and that whole experience and being Rick Ross status. But mm-hmm. now I am also looking forward to, cause I'm realizing that when this like section that we're recording right now, we're, it's going to go with part two. So mm-hmm. when this goes up, you mm-hmm. and I are going to be researching our favorite ladies for because da, 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 happy International yes. Women's Month, everyone. Amazing 
woman on the podcast so far with Chanel. Um, and then we're just going to like do some research and talk about some amazing trailblazing women. I mean, the, it'll be very similar to our um, black history month episode where we are going yeah. to like do a very non-exhaustive sneak peek of some amazing women who we've learned about and want to talk about and then have a dynamic post on the website of more and more and more. And so I'm just looking forward to diving into that and like finding some really cool people that maybe history glazed over because they were women. Yeah. 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 I also think, and not to get, no, to get emotional. Um, I also think, and I just want to say thank you um, because I I feel like through doing this podcast and you and I have had like a few conversations, not recorded. Um, I just feel like I get, this is such a beautiful way to get to one rediscover like parts of myself and who I am and also get to like really develop and invest in this beautiful friendship that you and I have. And I I think that's honestly something I, I don't know, this is like such a grounding thing for me and it's, it's beautiful and I love it. I love you. Hi. My, no, but I, I, I totally, I totally get it. Like my other podcast, the makeup artist chronicle, like it started as, you know, I was at home all day. I was working a remote day job that just wasn't really fulfilling my like creative side. And I needed a something that mm-hmm. could connect me to the outside world on my terms. And I've seen the development of myself and listening back to episodes and just like where I've come and like the clarity of the vision of where I'm going. And now I'm watching you Mm -hmm. go through the same thing. And it's just so, so it gives me, it feels like when you take a shot of a brown liquor, like that warmth, it just goes right into your core. (laughs) Like that's what it feels like when I see this experience for you, because I know what it's going to look like a few months from now. And I'm just so excited for you and us. Yeah. And us. That's amazing. How cute. (laughs) And if you love us, please support us on our Patreon. We, we have, we actually have people signing up and paying us (laughs) money. I know. I know. What? I'm we can buy burritos. No, kidding. No. But I'm yeah, but no guac. I'm like, like so baseline. Excited. So we have a few tiers. We have a tier of just general support, which is like, not that much. I think it's like three bucks. Um, and then we have some yeah. access to some extra, not aired footage and and extra materials, polls, etc., so that our subscribers can um get prioritized of like what they want to hear what they want to talk about and that's a little bit extra i think that's like seven bucks and then um i should know all this and then we have like a special if you want like a cameo-esque thing where you want us to do a shout out for you either a voice Mm -hmm. message or a video um you can pay that and since it's recurring on patreon you can if you just want the one you can do it and then cancel or you can just keep it recurring and we'll just send you like monthly, like once a month, we'll just send you an affirmation yeah. for your life. 
or a shout out of your choosing. So yes, please support us on Patreon because we don't have ads and we don't really make money. We are completely funded by you. Like, like NPR, like we're, we're practically NPR. (laughs) Uh, Combined. We are Ira Glass. Yes, I think Ira Glass on NPR. OG, OG NPR. Combined. Yeah, OG, OG. Powers. OG, OG. <laughs> in the form of <laughs> um, and you can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the PA podcast. I almost said at the PA podcast.com. I was like, no, it's just the PA podcast. Uh, so you can follow us there. Please like and subscribe. Um, five stars would be dope. Uh, that's the only way we break onto those iTunes charts and that's how other people can find us. Um, yeah. And then if you have any feedback for us or any topics you want us to cover, you can DM us or email us at the peony podcast. And if you want your topics prioritized, head to Patreon and pay, pay the, pay the $7 or the extra shit. Yeah. And then if you don't like that, Episode, uh, you can cancel. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> you can kidding. let us know. You don't have to cancel us right away. You can let, we're very, yeah, you can be like, hey. we want to give you what you want to hear. But if you don't tell uh-huh. us what you want to hear, then we can't give that to you. And we're just kind of shooting in the dark, which is how we've there done is. this whole show. Um, yep. So if you want to give us a little guidance uh-huh. on topics and stuff, like we're all here for it. Bye. Bye. Bye.